everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 331, being recorded on New Year's Eve. Uh, what? New Year's Eve 2014? Mm-hmm. I'm Ryan Schreck. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Alan Malentano. I'm Sebastian Peake. I got confused there because it's like New Year's Eve, but it's New Year's Eve of 20, like the new year is 2015. Yes. But we're not there yet. Wouldn't you just call it like last day 2014? Stay instead on. Instead of. We're not there yet, man. Years, Stay on target. I, well, it just doesn't make any sense. Oh. I don't know. You don't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> well, this is true. It's our last podcast of the year. Mm. It's very sad. We'll be canceling the podcast after this episode. <laughs> I think Firing I th- everyone. I think I threaten that every year. Uh, Fiji. <laughs> yeah, but that's on your own dime. Um, so uh, it's the last last day of the year. We're, we're going to do a podcast. We're recording it earlier in the day than normal. You can't tell based on this shot, but if you look at Josh's shot on the video, you can obviously tell that it is never that bright oh. in Wyoming. He I has think, a window there with sun coming I think in? I've got two windows. Wow. Like, I've never even seen that room in the daylight. I'm so. pretty sure Wyoming doesn't get the sun. I think that's a bright yeah. light he put outside. Hey, you know what? It has uh, warmed up today. Yeah, it what? went from negative twenty-seven. Uh-huh. Now it's only negative fourteen. Sweet. Oh, it was God. eighteen when I got in my car this morning. Yep. Uh, Sebastian, how about you? How cold is it? It's like twenty-seven. How are you in the warmest of all of us? It's kind of weird. I don't know. We we haven't even had any snow. It's been green all through Christmas. That's unusual, isn't it? Yeah. Up in uh, uh, Kalamazoo. That's in the uh, southern quadrant of the state. I see. Sure. Gotcha. Quadrants. We'll divide it up like that. Um, so we're going to talk about some of the hardware stuff and reviews that have come by uh, this week and a half because we didn't record one last week because of uh, Christmas. Uh, but we're really going to get into kind of uh, a discussion of what was good and what was bad about the year of 2014 in terms of PC hardware. Do some crappy nominations for categories that don't really matter, uh, but then just to discuss it and have some fun as we go. Jeremy is still on Canadian vacation, which I think is – I think his snowmobile maybe broke down. And they had another day uh, of travel from the ice fishing location. His, his most of that is not a lie, by the way. Most of that is not beer powered snowmobile. Right. Uh, uh, his would probably be whiskey powered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. get more horsepower, and that makes more sense as a fuel yep. substitute as well. So, uh, but a uh, quick reminder here: if uh, this is the first time you've joined us, that's kind of weird. But welcome. Uh, we record the show on Wednesdays most of the time at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific at pcpro.com slash live. However, you are joining in at an odd time. We're recording this at 2 p.m. on a Wednesday. And the next successive podcast will all be recorded at some random time in the middle of the night, courtesy of being at CES. Vegas times. Yeah. Random middle of the night Vegas time. So at some point coming up this week, uh, we may do one on Sunday night starting, or we may, do, we may start not until Monday night. We should probably do Sunday night, I guess. Um, Hmm. Because uh, and you'll see us recording it all together, sitting next to each other, comfortably on a couch, inside a hotel at the MGM or inside a room at the MGM, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so you'll want to sign up for this mailing list for this reason, right? If you go to pcpro.com/slash/subscribe, you'll get a little form here with your name and your email address, and, and that's all we're asking for you: those two bits of information. And then we will send out an email 
probably 35 minutes to an hour uh, ahead of when we actually start streaming the podcast. We will live stream the podcasts from CES, uh, and this will get, help you make sure you know about it because it will not be a fixed time slot until we kind of know when we all get back from our meetings and recover and eat dinner and all that other kind of crap that we tend to do. So it will be up in the air a little bit next week. And then after that, we'll kind of go back into our normal uh, weekly schedule. So Let's talk about a few things that have happened since we last been on the podcast. We're going to go through these a little bit quicker than normal so we can jump into the best of, worst of 2014 discussion. Uh, Mori, for example, posted a review of the Gigabyte X99 Gaming G1 Wi-Fi motherboard. It's an X99 board, as the name insinuates, uh, and it's quite large. And um, it has PCI Express slots. It has DIMM slots, DDR4 DIMM slots, if you will. Uh, this is this is so their gaming series. I don't know if I would consider this their flagship product, or kind of somewhere in the middle. It does have an MSRP of three hundred forty nine dollars, so it, it is quite expensive. But it has a lot of interesting features. They're in this kind of diagram here that they're showing uh, on the first page of Mars Review. You obviously have the standards that come with X ninety nine. You've got your four channel DDR four memory, uh, and you've got your LGA. Is that twenty eleven? Yeah, slot still. Yeah, V three. That's right. Um, but it has killer networking, which is positive or negative, depending on how you look at it. Uh, Quad-core creative sound core 3D, which sounds fancy. I mean, quad-core sound. Um, audio noise guard. You've got uh, integrated headphone amplifier with upgradable op-amp technology on there. Support for four-way graphics for SLI and Crossfire. Dual-band 802.11ac, Bluetooth 4.0, dual M.2 connectors. Uh, quite a lot of stuff on here SATA Express 10 SATA 3 connectors um, there's a lot of wow there's a lot of stuff on here uh, <clears throat> this is also one of the boards that uses the um, the power stage uh, MOSFET technology I guess um, that's, that's kind so of what the high low and correct dry all in one chip yep yep yeah uh, the op amp is is still an interesting thing. I'm not sure how many people are taking advantage of that to upgrade their op amps. I mean, it comes with just a standard it, one, right? It does. So. It does. It comes with one, uh, but it is upgradable. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, op amps are cheap. They are cheap, cheap, cheap. Well, you can it's get like, some that are really expensive, right? Yeah. What expensive is what? Eleven bucks. Oh, well. Well, sounds expensive to me. Yeah. <sighs> I'm just not rolling in money like Josh over there in the <laughs> minus twenty-seven degrees. Um, <laughs> if you look at the back panel, it's got plenty of USB 3. Uh, everything's gold-plated and fancy. Dual gigabit Ethernet. One of them is killer. One of them is not. I want to say Intel. So you do get a Qualcomm Athros killer networking or Intel gigabit networking. So you get the best of both worlds there. You got an OC button and a f- button, an F button, which I assume is for flash. flash. I do <laughs> It saved every motherboard BIOS. Wow, guys. Congratulations. Uh, So X99 motherboards, we'll we'll talk about these in a little bit when we get into our best of, worst of discussion. Uh, It's it's a pretty damn good board, according to Maury's review here. Good overclocking. Uh, He did have a little bit of of an odd issue that was fixed with the BIOS that came out the day he released the review. With the battery? No, 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 with okay. the overclocking no, right. side of it. No, getting it stable using a 125 megahertz base clock, which he was unable was unable to do before uh, the new latest BIOS update. But but then could after could after. I mean, that's pushing it kind of high for. Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, it's 120. You you, go, you jump from 100 to 125. 
Oh, so you're forced you're to strapping do that it. Jump. You're adjusting the strap. Oh. You're not like kind of incrementally doing it without adjusting everything else. Because when right. you move it to 125, it changes all the multipliers for yeah. the rest of the, the components. So, But getting um, to 125 is a pretty big... Yeah. You know. It is. Yeah. Uh, selling right now for 340 or so, and it does get a gold award. The uh, only weakness being the... Um, Odd ATX 12-volt power connector implementation requiring a 1-in-3 power adapter. I'm not sure exactly what that means. But he did mark out here, complexities encountered with dial-in of base overclock. So, it, in the positive, CMOS battery placement. Ooh. <laughs> you know, for a minute I thought when he said that uh, when he installed the firmware, it changed the placement of the battery. Yeah, it did. It just slid it to the side a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to see what this one in three power adapter thing is now. Mm, so many pictures. Look at all that stuff. Can you have no recollection? Yeah, okay. Well, that's that's fairly standard. A little bit difficult to get to, kind of around the heat pipe and heat sinks and stuff. But uh, So that's the Gigabyte X99 Gaming G1 motherboard. Now we're going to uh, talk to Sebastian here real quick about the BitPhoenix Pandora micro ATX enclosure review um, that has a fancy little screen on the front of it. has a fancy screen. It's uh, thin. Yep. And it's pretty good. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Moving along. I, I, so this, so it, it's a micro ATX case, right? So does it fit? Yeah. Um, it, it's thinness kind of worries me in terms of graphics card installation. Do you think that this is kind of a, a limiting factor there with like the height of the regular GPUs you can use? Yeah, you can't use like the MSI's custom boards like the uh, gaming and the Lightning series. Yeah. My uh, Lightning 290X will not fit in this case. Right. And you so, can't use a Mori branded heatsink either for your CPU. I would, I would guess you could not use a Mori branded tower heatsink for yeah. this. Um, no, it'll, it'll fit a, a 240 uh, all in one cooler. I put an H105 in it just to try it out, but yeah, yeah you're kind of limited by height. Yep. Yeah, it's only six point three inches wide. So I, I like the the physical design of it. It looks neat. It looks unique. Um, that screen on the front that we have this picture here, where you've put the PC Perspective logo on there, is it just is it's is it just programmable through a piece of software? I assume. Yeah, it's a drag and drop software application. You download it. You drag an image over it if it's the right size and type. It just changes the screen. Yeah. Okay. What was the what was the um, the kind of build process inside of it. Do you do anything positive or negative in that regards, like in terms of ac- access to some of the specific sections? Yeah, when you're installing it, you kind of have to route cables as you go. I put the motherboard in first, and then I couldn't route power mm. to the CPU. So you kind of have to have cables kind of dangling. Like you see this picture you've stopped at here. There's a very small opening to even route. Yeah. Like motherboard power, so that would be for like the eight pin power that goes yeah. right there. So yeah, as you go, you have to be really careful, and there's very little room behind the board. It became kind of a pain. I used flat cables. I had to press them down. I used zip ties, which I never do, and yeah, I, I got things flat enough that I, I could actually there. close yeah. the case. But there's very little room back there. Yeah, usually by the time I'm done building a system. All those cables on the back, I just start pushing the back yeah. panel until it clicks into place. It's like, you will it's close. Like, it's like bowed out. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I, have, I have had systems like that several times. Yeah. But yeah. see, this looks very nice and neat and clean on the back here, what you did here. But this, you're saying that was more out of necessity, less out of OCD. Yes. Okay. Yeah, there's just not enough, uh, mm. you know, the, it looks like it gets thinner to the right there. 
like between yeah, there's almost no space to the right if you're looking behind yeah. where the motherboard cutout is mm-hmm. it, there's a little bit of a depression to put stuff where that ssd is and that's it anything stand out performance wise in terms of temperatures or noise mm, no it's very quiet um one of the more quiet cases i tested and temps are pretty good mm. so I, it, it's it performed well the only real limitation is you know you have to have a little bit shorter air cooler you've got but the, the big thing is the price it's it's still a little bit high you're paying almost a 40 to 50 dollar premium for that screen there's a version without a screen there's a version with a side window oh and those okay. range anywhere from 100 to 140 dollars yeah and then that version sells usually for about 160 with the screen and no side window gotcha okay all right yep case without power supply yep 158 looks like it's selling for so yeah interesting um all right i'm trying to think how much was that uh case we were looking at this week ken when we did our video with the air 240 how much is that it's like 70 yeah okay that's it's significantly less um but i mean look you can put you can put scary pictures on there too is there other things like to do it some kind of like uh temperature monitoring or some real-time kind of stuff that does the software do anything other than put a logo there right no and it's a static image once you've loaded it you can turn the computer you can shut the computer down and as long as it's plugged in it still displays the image so it's it's a persistent image even if you threw linux on there as long as you you, you put goatsy on there didn't you (laughs) you put goatsy on there didn't you just a random goatsy image no, and then he had his family had over for over the holidays. My holidays. brother put an image. Of, uh, it's the power button. There. I mean, that would that would be cool though, right? If it had some kind of, you know, you could do some kind of temperature. If there was somebody had an app, yeah. that they wrote to interface <laughs> with. Just that. write a script that manually drags over an image every minute, yeah. <laughs> every second. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So that is again. That's that was the uh, Bit Phoenix Pandora enclosure. And apparently, okay, so the windowed version, I'd, I'd be interested to see that as well, see how that ended up turning out. Um, next up, we'll talk to Alan about a Drobo, a new Drobo. Um, yes. That is much like the old Drobo. It's exactly the same as the 4-bay Drobo, which was the first Drobo that they launched. Okay. And we're done. Cool. Cool story, guys. All right. No, no. But this actually is, does better. This uh, is a third generation, meaning it's the third time they've swapped the hardware inside or whatever. Yep. Um a Drobo, for people that don't know, is a – well, they, they sell network-attached versions. They sell – they, They've done like Thunderbolt. USB-attached versions, Thunderbolt versions. They've done iSCSI-only, like Drobo Pro. They're basically Pro external is, storage arrays. Basically, yeah. So what, the one we have here is what? What kind? Uh, so this one is their four-bay model. It's just their regular – it's just called Drobo. It's not any kind of – nothing added onto the name there. That's okay. the base model Drobo. Um, but the third-generation one – is much improved in that it uses USB 3.0, and it does so with a a more compatible chipset. Because there were Drobos in the past, other Drobo models that came out with USB 3.0, but they were just known to be very finicky, and you wouldn't slow. get inconsistent speeds or just yeah. slow all the time speeds. Kind of kind of weirdness there. This one uses a much more compatible, you know, more widely adopted chipset, which is obviously because everything I plugged it into at one full speed on. Um, and the speeds are actually very good. Uh, we saw over 200 microsecond on reads and writes. Um, now, for people that don't know, it's interesting to point out Drobo is it's so it's a four bay d- device. It's it's basically it a RAID in a box, but, but it, it doesn't use RAID. It's it's not 
quote unquote raid. Like it's it's doing a thing that raid does. It's but basically it's, acting as if it was raid five. Right. Right. Uh, you can select raid six, which would be the equivalent of two drives worth of parity information instead of just one drive worth. Um, but there's a lot of advantages with the way that they implement it in that there's much more flexibility. Like you can switch between single and dual drive redundancy with a single checkbox, and then it just does it in the background okay. while everything is still active. Right. Usually you can only go one direction with a. Love that band. Well, with like a hardware RAID setup with like a dedicated RAID card and server kind of sure. hardware, right? Usually you can only go from RAID 5 to 6 by adding a drive and then doing a special kind of rebuild. It takes a very long time, right? Um, the Drobo process is more data aware. So it pays attention to what files are where on the partition. Not just on the volume. dummy data. Yeah, it doesn't just treat all the drives as dummy data. So it gives you much more flexibility. You can mix and match the capacities of the drives you stick in there. Mm-hmm. It'll just give you as much as it can to give you one or two drives, you know, failure protection. Worth of protection. Right. Out of, you know, out of whatever you have inserted into the thing, basically. It'll just right. give you as much as you can get out of it. Um, and then when it does rebuilds, it only rebuilds the amount of data that is saved to it. Okay. So if you only have a couple of gig worth of data on the thing and then a drive fails and you do your replacement it might only take 10 minutes to do the rebuild as opposed to doing it just once zeros across uh, yeah as opposed to, to having to read jump. across all of the drives right so there's a lot more flexibility there and we also took it apart just to make sure uh that they're still, still doing the, the things that they are known for like they have a pretty large backup battery in there to make sure that it doesn't nothing gets corrupted if it suddenly loses power in the middle of you know disks rebuilding or drives writing or mm-hmm. whatnot and I did the same kind of things that I did to the original Drobo Pro review, which was I would, like intentionally fail a drive, like just pull a drive out and let it start rebuilding, and then like you know I yanked the power while it was in the middle of trying to start that process, and then plugged it back in, and it just picked up back where it left off. Right, so there's backup battery and there's some flash memory um, okay. that holds not not just as firmware but some of the metadata about like. What, what the array is doing at the time. So gotcha. it's pretty robust as far as that goes. Um, I did want to address uh, some of the comments, though, because, like, everybody that posted in the comments seems to be people that... The gist I got was that they bought the Drobo, put all of their life's everything on it, mm-hmm. and then didn't have a copy anywhere else and used it for an X number of years, and then, like, the Drobo broke. Okay. Like it's it's I mean it's it's a computer. Sure. It can fail, right? It can. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean the first generation one actually is where a lot of people have issues with, but that was the very first product they ever made, so their reliability might not have been the best. Okay. Right? So probably more of those failed than people would have liked, right? Um, but if it failed out of the warranty period, people claim, "Oh, my dad is hostage." Well, your data should never be hostage. You should never have all of your eggs in one basket. Of storage, sure, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So it just seemed kind of, I don't know. I just, it just the Drobo seemed when to be they a say thing hostage, that people. They're would. saying it's because you, what you cannot do is you can't take the hard drives out of this array, put it into uh, an- um, another RAID array like yes. on your motherboard or something, and, right. and then read the data off of it because it is in a kind of a proprietary Drobo format. Correct. Um, but the same applies to any RAID, mm-hmm. like other than just a straight mirror. Right. Like if you're just doing RAID 1 with just two drives, then okay, both of those drives have the same copy of everything, and Fair. it's just one partition on either one of those, right? But every other kind of RAID, this is a RAID 5. Any RAID 5 that you do, 
you can't just take that set and plug it into something else and expect it to work. Right. Like, it just won't, especially a RAID 5 or a RAID 6 even. So if you had an Arica card that was doing RAID 5 and the card died... You need to get another Arica card and plug in... Exact same thing. Well... I mean, any of their line, right? right? But they're basically the but same But I couldn't brand. plug it in my motherboard with the Intel controller and no. set it up as RAID 5 and assume to get the data back. It wouldn't even know what it, you connected. Okay. Right? Um, but there is actually a, a way to continue if you had the first or the second generation Drobo and it died on you and have a, a, you know, a stack of four disks sitting somewhere in a closet. They're forward compatible with the third generation. Okay. So if someone has data that's quote-unquote held hostage, well, get the third-generation one. We saw it selling for like 250 bucks right. on Amazon. Right, without I think disks, yeah. Uh, yeah, without disks. So take the disks that you know your data was sitting on, plug them into this one, fire it up, and it'll... Performance-wise, we're talking about what with this? It's USB 3, so... It, it's not going to go full USB 3 speed, but it goes good speed, right? Um... 210 meg per second, 230 meg per second. Okay. Mm. Right. Um, This is way faster than I've seen almost any other Drobo do. Uh, Like a 5D on Thunderbolt can beat this, but that's about it. None none of the other ones would really go that fast. Even like the Drobo S, which was supposed to be super fast over USB 3, I never saw that consistently do what this one is doing. So, yeah, I mean, it's good. It's pretty cheap. You know, it's not a NAS. It's a direct connected thing. But still, don't make this your only copy of your data. Yes, that's what you're saying. Don't do that. It makes it's a bad sense. idea. Yeah. All right. Uh, check out that review if you're interested in a little bit more detail on uh, uh, this latest iteration of Drobo. It doesn't have a specific model number, so that's it, a bit it, it does. We put the model number in the. It's very cryptic, though. It's oh. like a gigabyte style model number. It's in the. It's one of the tags. It's DDR. DDR3A21. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's cool, totally. Yeah. All right, let's jump through a couple of these other things real quick. Uh, first, uh, Acer 1080p G Sync monitor. We did. We got that in a couple three weeks ago. Did some playing around with it. Did a review of it. It's a fairly light review yep. um, because it is very very similar to other things in very specific ways. Right. That it is a 27 reviewed. inch 1080p panel. Um, there are lots of those. Yep. But. There are no 27-inch 1080p 144 hertz panels. True. Other than this. So this is 144 hertz, 27-inch 1080p G-Sync. Yeah, there are smaller ones. There are 24-inch 1080p 144 hertz monitors. I I don't think it's an accident that NVIDIA and its partners are doing that. Like, the... It kind of prevents direct comparison. Oh. Pricing-wise. Right. Yeah. So you can't say, well, this monitor is X more expensive than this same monitor without G-Sync because right. that same monitor doesn't exist. Have we even seen a single 4K? Direct com- oh, the 4K. Yeah, the 4K you can do direct. And there are, I think BenQ does 24-inch 1080p G-Sync. Do they? I haven't seen. I one. think someone does. I or they, did. they I think announced it. Was 27 it maybe. No, I think that's 24. With uh, like hybrid mode or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the ASUS Swift is. 27-inch, 25 by 14, 144 hertz. And that doesn't exist in any other kind of official capacity. But anyway, so this monitor is the XB270H. And it's we gave all those specifications, right? And it's TN panel. It's going to have your TN panel characteristics. Yep. Looks fine straight on. TN panels have improved. Pretty good left and right. Pretty Mm -hmm. good top. Bad from the bottom. Um, Color is going to be what you get with TN. If you put a uniform color on it, sometimes, depending on how you're setting, you'll actually see a gradient. 
like it'll yeah because your angle is changing from top to bottom Correct. of your vision so it might look you know a couple of people in the comments have have mentioned uh, uh, light bleed. I don't remember. We we turned ours back on. I didn't see any of that specifically, but that could be. No, uh, it was one of the 4Ks that we noticed, but that wasn't even a G Sync. Yeah, that I know. I, I think I, I think a lot of that stuff is unit to unit specific. It is. It's like shipping. Yeah. Because I mean, I've seen panels where you just kind of push on the corners and like reseat. Yeah, just push the, the monitor back. I mean, you might try actually if you get some backlight bleed, just kind of like see if uh, the display is a little bit loose inside the. The actual housing. Um, let's see. But it does have G-Sync. We've talked about that a ton. We don't need to go over that again. Um, awesome. Yeah, it works great. Now, this, the, 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 the stand design is identical to that of the 4K Acer G-Sync monitor that we looked at before. Yeah, you can of, actually mistake it for yeah, the 4K. Yeah, it looks identical. Um, even the box looks identical. Actually, when we got the box in for the 27 inches, I said, oh, they screwed up and sent us another of that 28-inch 4K G-Sync monitor. And it wasn't yeah. until we kind of looked at the actual model number on it to realize it was the, the smaller 1080p version. Um, this might be good for people that want to have two displays on their desktop and have the other one be a 4K. Right. They have their match, right? The, but they're just a little bit different in size because one's a 27 well, right. one's a 28. Yeah. Like, yeah, they'll be pretty close. Uh, Connectivity-wise, this monitor has a four-port USB 3.0 hub and then it has one DisplayPort input. Right? That's, that like is a every characteristic G-Sync of thing. G-Sync. Yep. That's what you get. Uh, there is that, I think it's a BingQ hybrid one. That apparently you can physically switch between G Sync mode and regular mode, and so it has all like the connectors. I, switch on? I don't know. It has like a, like a big paddle. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds to me like it's actually changing what. Yeah. Is yeah. Doing Switches to the thing. other. So it's probably switching to, to a be. different SOC, which means the monitor will probably have to reboot to do it. I'm not sure. I haven't that used it. That seems cumbersome to me. Sure, but you're just trying to make things that stand out and do different. I don't know. I, I guess. Turbo button. Uh, gaming impressions on this were uh, pretty good, right? I mean, it. it Gaming on G-Sync is, is significantly better than gaming on not. Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting about this is that it's 1080p. It requires less GPU horsepower yep. to get higher frame rates, which means you've got different, different uh, uh, refresh rates as well. Yeah. So in other words, when we did the 4K 60 hertz panel, you had to have a pretty beefy GPU to get up to the To 60. even get up to 4K, to even you know, get into 30 to 50 frames per second. Yeah. With this, you don't need nearly as much horse, horsepower to do that. Uh, and I think I, I, I say here in the store, it's like if you have a 750 Ti right now, 1080p with all the stuff turned on, you're probably in that 30 to 60 frames per second range, which is yeah. perfect for G-Sync. But then if you upgrade to a higher-end GPU later, like a 970 or a 980, then you can take advantage of G-Sync as well as the higher 144 hertz mm-hmm. refresh rate, you know, keeping the frame rate high, all that other kind of stuff. So, And it depends on what you're playing, too. I mean... It definitely does. Yeah, it, it, it definitely does. Um, now, the big problem with this monitor is its price. It's five hundred and ninety nine dollars. Still cheaper than a Swift. Yes, but it's it's a ten eighty p monitor yeah. instead of a twenty five by fourteen. That's true. The build quality of this display is not as good as the ROG Swift. Um, and the Swift was really built like a tank. It's it's it has a very good build quality. Yeah. Too. The other problem is. So there's no direct comparison for 1080p, 144 hertz, 27 inch. Of but course. If you look at the Asus VG248QE, which was the first monitor that could be modded into, yeah. it's the one uh, that, the one that I modded, right? That is still the most popular 144 hertz monitor, right? Okay. That display, it's 24 inch, 1080p, 144 hertz, TN panel, um, no G Sync, $269. Wow, that's even come down more since yeah. I bought it. So you're talking about five ninety nine versus two sixty nine, three hundred dollar difference. 
to get 27 inch instead of 24. Yeah. G Sync instead of not G Sync. Although I will say that the panel, the image quality is going to be better on that the new panel. Because that uh, the, that, the Acer that older Asus yeah 24 inch 1080p panel like it was just really. It was I'd be really curious bad. to see if if they've changed that since you've had it. Because I mean, think about it, this many. It's been a full year. You think they changed the glass in the panel and didn't change the model number? Well, yeah, they probably wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was. That's probably that's the the best example of how TN panels look bad. Is that <laughs> this is what I would say. It's like yeah. that that display. Yeah, yeah. The, the AOC twenty four inch G Sync's about four hundred and fifty bucks too, which hmm. is not a good. See, price. that's we'll, we'll talk about this uh, uh, later here on the show. But like five ninety nine is too much for this. It really mm-hmm. is, right? The the four K G Sync I think was it actually had like a hundred to one hundred fifty dollar premium over exactly the same monitor without G Sync, right? This is it you, again. You can't do exact because of the, the the differences that we're talking about. The twenty four versus twenty seven, but yeah. you're talking about three hundred dollars or more. Yeah, so you're for paying a lower that's, that's cost too much part. More. Yeah, right. And it and it just doesn't make sense now. And CES is almost here, and AMD continues to make noise about the FreeSync monitors and yeah. that they're going to be significantly less expensive. Um, maybe they're going to be a feature of monitors. Oh, uh, I mean, maybe Nvidia they're just, needs they're just to, trying to. I mean, this isn't that three hundred dollar price gap. That's not going to be NVIDIA's fault, right? Like uh, 100 to 150. I think NVIDIA has more control over it than NVIDIA wants you to believe. Uh, um, but to make it that much higher on a... And, and I'm sure part of it is NVIDIA and their partners going like, hey, we don't want this to be super cheap. We want it to be seen as a premium part. We want to see it as this kind of flagship thing. Yeah. And we think we can get this much money for it because there's this demand for it. I think that demand will start to die off. As soon as FreeSync is out. As soon as FreeSync is out, and if they can demonstrate that it works well. Yep. Right? And once if that demand starts to die off, you'll find people that are like, oh, I think I'm willing to switch to a Radeon card from my GeForce card in and order to get to say if you can save three hundred dollars on a monitor, yeah. Oh, yeah. you can get a pretty good GPU for that right. for that price. So um, I, I think this is a good monitor. I don't think it's worth five hundred ninety nine dollars. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. If this were four ninety nine, maybe Four fifty, you might be able to justify it. Your three ninety nine, it's a great deal. Okay, so a great deal, but so Asus does sell a twenty seven inch, one hundred forty four hertz ten p monitor. Okay, which is probably the same glass. Yeah, it's probably the same panel. It is three sixty eight right now on Newegg. Okay, three sixty eight, so, so, so it's two hundred and thirty dollars more for this monitor. Yeah, I I can't believe I didn't find that. I Newegg. Search filters failed me yesterday. Then, um, still, it's too big of a. That's, that's just too big of a price discrepancy to make up for just yeah. having G Sync. Um, even though I am as big a proponent of the technology as anybody. Oh yeah, but the, right? I mean there are disadvantages but, in that you lose all of the other inputs on the display. That's true, right? Like yeah, you yeah. don't you don't get all those other inputs that you could get if you if you actually wanted to also hook something else up to it. You can't do that Agreed. with the G Sync panel. So. Um, so check out that review. Like I said, it, there's not it's 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 a fairly short review, but it give you some idea of what our thoughts and and some photos of it and all that stuff. Uh, but it's hard to recommend with the with the price tag that's on it now. Yep. Uh, what is easy to recommend? Building computers. I don't always a little generic. Uh, just buy a laptop. It's just, fine. Just, as opposed to paying a lot of money for a pre. Just buy a tablet. Computer. You don't even need a computer anymore. Ah. This is stupid. Uh, we did a short video. Looking at a micro ATX gaming build that we did here in the office the other day for no particular reason, um, but we wanted to kind of, as I say, as I say in the article, that um, even small can be beautiful, right, Josh? That's words to live by. 
basically, the assumptions that, hey, you know, if you don't have big, tall, full-size ATX computer case, you can't get high-end components, you don't have a good gaming PC. Obviously, Sebastian has disproven this several times. And we had some components lying around, like, hey, let's shove all this into a case that we like and see what happens. And so we did. We took the Corsair uh, Air 240, which is the dual-chamber... Um, but shorter version of a yeah, case. It has, that like, really has like two halves to it. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. So here, if you look at this picture, you're seeing like the chamber that holds the motherboard, video card, and uh, cooler, but the power supply and everything's on the other side of it, like yep. kind of separated as long as your storage and everything. Um, so we, we shoved a bunch of hardware into there for about fifteen to $1,600 worth of stuff, uh, which I think is within the range of somebody who is um, – Looking to build a gaming PC, mm-hmm. they want to, They don't want to build the cheapest system, but they don't want to spend three grand. Yeah. They want to be able to, uh, uh, to 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 be able to play all their games at at least 1080p, maybe 25 by 14, high frame rates. Mm-hmm. If you're coming from console gaming and you know you want to make that investment, this is the kind of build that we recommend for that. We got 4790K, highest end Haswell part, a Corsair H80i cooler. We've got a gigabyte Z97 MX gaming motherboard, uh, 8 gigs of DDR3 memory. We've got a GTX 970 FTW card from EBGA. Uh, an 850 Evo SSD, yep. as well as a two terabyte Russian digital drive, that Corsair Air 240. Uh, I, admittedly, an over overpowered power supply. This is one we happen to have sitting here, nothing we ordered <laughs> in. It's a $170 power supply. It's 860 watts, which is way too much wattage for the components in here. Yeah. But it is a platinum rated, 80 plus platinum rated power supply. So you're paying a little bit more for more efficiency, which does mean you'll be able to run pretty much this system under load without the fan ever spinning, which is, which still, is a plus. Yeah, and it also gives quietness. you plenty of headroom if you wanted to add a second 970 because this case and this motherboard do support mm-hmm. SLI. Yeah, and you could actually fit it. Yeah, barely. You could, you could fit it in there. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's meant to it's, barely fit yeah. multiple GPUs like that. Um, Windows 8.1, of course, because we all support legal purchases of operating system software. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1600 bucks or so. And uh, you can watch that video. Uh, we've got like more details on why we kind of picked each of these components. Um, it's but a little it's, powerhouse of a system. It, it know, is. With all of that shoved into that little case. And, and if you read through the comments, uh, I've kind of asking people, like, hey, what would you change? What would you build for a $1,500 micro ATX right. gaming platform? And so there's some people offering some suggestions in there. So jump in and, and kind of discuss that. Plus, I like that screenshot of me being super excited about my build <laughs> you like that can you do you feel the excitement uh uh you you like for example i think the only thing i would change looking back at it now mm-hmm. is i'd probably take out that power supply go with something in the hundred dollar range save 75 bucks that's maybe like 650 yeah you know still good quality 80 plus gold or 80 plus 650 is more power than it's still think. more than you need because I mean, the 970 is very power efficient yeah uh, and the 4790K, I think, is like an 88-watt part still. Put, you know? put like a 212 Evo air cooler in it for 30 bucks instead of the H80. Yeah, yeah. Use the that incredibly – well, I don't think we have any problems with height no. with that cooler. It's, that's yeah, not a cooler master cooler. 212. No. Yeah, it's not a super high one. So, that you know, you get rid of that. Uh, if you want to not do any overclocking, you don't need the double thickness radiator of the H80i. Um but like the the, the Z ninety seven MX Gaming Five motherboard has, uh, it has M dot two port on it. It has op amp support as well. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it has some high end features in there as well. But it's only one hundred twenty seven dollars. It's actually fairly reasonable. Yep. I think for uh, uh, the amount of stuff you get with that. But yeah, any thoughts on that, Josh or Sebastian on uh, 
on that build, what did I totally screw up that you would have changed? You screwed up all the things. God damn it. All the things. No, it's a nice little build. I mean, you've got a nice SSD, about the only thing I change. I mean, if you've got two gigs for a hard drive, and I know you were, you were wanting to, to save money, you know, at least go for like a black because you're going to put a lot of your Steam games on there. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Two terabyte black instead of two terabyte green? Yeah. Okay. But other than that, other than that, it, it looked fantastic. Sebastian, what's your critique for me? If you compare, like, it seems expensive at first. Maybe if you're, like, reading the site, you're like, 1600 bucks. But if you look at pre-built gaming systems, like, one of the most popular micro-ATX systems for a while was the Alienware stuff, like the Aurora R4. Oh, yeah. $1,500, for that, and it would have a entry-level video card. It would have only a spinning hard drive, no SSD, hmm. um, a silver rated uh, power supply. Every component here in this build, if you scroll down the list, is significantly better, and that includes a copy of Windows. Uh-huh. You're still out the door with 1600 bucks. Yeah. See, look at that. Sebastian backing us up for all that. No, it's always better to do the build yourself. It is. It is. Yeah, just look at uh, Sebastian's builds. He knows <laughs> all about them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, I, d- I did not shove in a second processor, but that would be the next... I don't have a second processor slot, so yeah, yeah. There, there's two more processor slots on that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, it's the ones that have the uh, uh, processor expansion slots. Yeah, mm. they're on a lot of other boards. I didn't it's see right those next on to the there. video card. PCI processor central processor in, central intelligence. Yes. Yeah. Expansion yes. express. Yeah. PCIe. Yes. Yep. Uh, so another a couple other quick things here. Um, our 10 days of Christmas is way over by now, but there was one I wanted to point out that we didn't mention on the last podcast uh, that was this is the most popular purchase from our uh, uh, 10 days of Christmas, which was the Anchor 60-watt, six-port, family-sized desktop USB charger. And those things are flipping awesome. Yeah. Like you, the, one, the one we have is just we have the 5-port. 40-watt. And so here's what I love about these guys. Like they originally made this 5-port version of this guy that's on the screen right now. Yep. Um, and it had an issue with it where there were fuses that would blow if you overloaded a port and like they wouldn't reset. Mm-hmm. And the company was just like, I just sent them a message through Amazon and they were just like, okay, let me have your serial number. And then they just sent me one. Like they didn't even want the old one back. Yeah. They were just like, here, you know, there was an issue. We updated it. And they just made it right. Yep. Right. Like that easily. Like no RMA, no, no, not waiting without one. Right. Um, so that's good. And I mean, it's a, this new one is, so it's 60 Watts. It's upgraded an extra yeah. port. It'll do up to 2.4 amps per port or 12 amps total. It won't exceed 12 amps yep. on it. Um, and it's, uh, $35. Yeah. And it's just super nice to have. Like if it's amazing how many things charge through USB that mm-hmm. you don't really think about. And I don't even talk about us cause we have way too much crap, you know, but I mean, at your house, you have, uh, you know... I've got my wife's... You've got your iPad, you've yep. got your phone, you've got your wife's phone. Wife's iPad. Wife's iPad, right? That's four ports so, that's right four there. four ports, right. Yeah. A you lot know. of cameras these days, like point-and-shoots are that's on USB. Yeah. Oh, really? Really? Okay. Yeah. Like, I have an Ikea shelf, like, bolted to the wall in yeah. my living room, and that... The five-port version of that charger is plugged in the outlet, like, hidden inside that, and mm-hmm. it's a cubby for all the charging stuff. Yeah. Right? I so, mean, that's what we kind of did here on our shelving yeah. units is we built, like, a tablet charging station. And I'll probably it's a, it's a letter the six, holder. The six-port. <laughs> yeah, it's a letter holder. You but just, the six-port over here, take the five-port as kind of my travel one after CES. Uh, but yeah. for 35 bucks, it's just super handy to have. Just buy yeah. one. It's, it's yeah. I mean, and and, and, the, and the, the thing you don't realize that much, like, there's some people that have, like, 
they just plugged a hub into something, mm-hmm. right? And you're not charging. Yeah, you're not charging at nearly the speed that you could be. Yeah, um, it's just so convenient to have all those ports be able to go to two amps, right? Um, maybe not all simultaneously, but. Yeah, and, and by, if you're looking for the specific one, go to the show notes and click the link because if you just search like Anchor USB on Amazon, there's going to be like 900 devices. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so if you want the one that we're specifically talking about, just go to the show notes and look for uh, the link that what we're talking I, about. I here. think they make that one in black too. Yeah, it's available in black yep. or in white. Uh, Sebastian, hey, before you yeah. go on, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, Forty-two to zero. Oh, that's the score that TCU... <laughs> yeah, TCU is stomping. They're pissed. Yes, they are. Uh, I just hope that's the score when Ohio State loses, too. Um, so let's talk about... Sebastian wrote uh, a news post here about a Lee Ann Lee case that you can mount to the wall, but yet they provided no pictures of hmm. said case mounted to the wall. Is that correct, Sebastian? Yeah, there, there's no evidence of this anywhere online that I can find. Hmm. Except I just sent you a picture... In what? Of In the back of one of them. Apparently, it just has like two little mounting holes to hang it on the wall, like a picture. All right, let's see. I mean, I I did like even as a desk standing case, that case looked pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it looks great, especially the pictures with the nice red lighting and the components they picked. It looks interesting. You see this cord coming in here. That's kind of like the only indication that that something funny is happening. So let me go and there it is, sitting on the desk. It does look nice because it's got this full glass. Yeah. Window and it's set up with a it. PCIe extender built right. in, yeah, 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 right? Yep. So it routes down so that your video card right, is sitting. Let me switch over sitting. here, Ken, and get to the. It looks kind of angry. It looks angry, he said. Let's see. It would go perfect if if it comes with that red lighting. Then it would go perfect with like an okay. ROG setup. So here is a picture of the back. Okay. All right. So boy, then, that doesn't look like enough mounting for. It really doesn't. It just holds <laughs> just two screws. Well, I mean, how heavy could it be? You're not going to fit a whole bunch of hard drives in there. It's pretty heavy. Right? The empty case is 14 pounds. (laughs) So once you add components... Uh, Power supply. (laughs) Here, that shelf that Alan was talking about, that's how you truly mount it on the wall. You get a shelf that'll hold at least 25 or 30 pounds. They're called toggle bolts. And you set it on the wall. Titanium bolts, and make sure you hit the studs. That's the least... I was expecting something way different than that on the back of this case. Then, like in, and, in the, and like the thick like in order to put well, that in wait. there and have the screw slide up, that's a fairly small screw. Were you expecting a back for one, or are they showing it with the back off? Is What's there the a back? back? I think that's it. That's, that might be it. That's if the it's larger mint. one too. Right. That's well, the 07. Well, the one we'll in the to, uh, news post is the 05. We'll have to check these guys out at CES. Yeah, Run down and see what's going on here. That's weird. It doesn't. I mean. I guess you don't. You see, there's no indication in these photos here what the back is. But right. I mean, that would look stupid if you had it on your yeah, desk. Yeah, yeah. If you had it open and in the, the back. In the back of that, and this scene is open, right? Because <laughs> there's obviously feet to have it standing on a desk. If you yeah, will. just only look at it from that angle. It looks yeah. great. Yeah. Don't. Why would you need to look at the back? <laughs> yeah, let me see what your piece. Don't don't go in the back. It don't. also looks a little expensive too. What was the price on this? Uh, just, you know, three nineteen. Holy shit! Yeah, that's up there. I think we so could, at that price, you could just get one and make your own back for it. Why don't we just take I mean, like an RVZ01 and just make a, an acrylic top for it. And drill two holes in the back and put it on the wall. Yeah. yeah. Two bigger holes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's the uh, Leanne Lee. What's it? The PC05S. They, yes. they, they always make truly interesting, creative cases that are always super-duper expensive. 
Yeah, I know. Super incredibly expensive. I got great model numbers. Yeah. Um, oh, we had one in here. Oh, here we go. AMD GPU rumors, AMD plans, 20 nanometer, but NVIDIA's waiting for 16 nanometer. Josh, any thoughts on this? According to an anonymous uh, yeah, source? Yeah, actually, it wrote, uh, written a couple of paragraphs uh, in the uh, comments section. Uh, basically, 20 nanometer planer from TSMC is not particularly appropriate for a large GPU. You've got pretty poor voltage frequency scaling for a large product. Now, if you look at Apple, they're using 20 nanometer, mm-hmm. but it's a low-powered co- low ARM core and low-powered graphics unit and it's it's a sub 100 millimeter squared chip okay so it's not big it's low power it's 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 aimed to be that and so it works perfectly fine on tsmc's tsmc's process now when you get to gpus this is the reason why they're staying at 28 nanometer the 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 shp super high performance uh products that it's got faster uh, transistor switching speed. Larger GPUs do not require as much voltage to get to those higher speeds as compared to 20 nanometer. It's just too dense, um, not good scaling, and you're going to have problems. Now, AMD may be releasing some low-power GPUs that may be attached to CPUs, otherwise known as APUs. So oh, we're looking at... Good trivia. What? Good trivia. Sure. And, um, but, uh, you know, this would be like an advanced Cabini. Uh, this would be appropriate for a 20 nanometer process. I mean, it's, it's going to be sub-15 watts, uh, more than likely going below 10 watts. And so you're, you're, you're going to gain some performance. You're going to gain some power efficiency. And it's not going to break the bank when it comes to, uh, to overall power. So the next process that they're looking at and there's a couple other rumors one is that AMD may in fact be going to global foundries for their particular version of 28 nanometer SHP uh it's a slightly denser product than TSMC's it's a little bit more power efficient so they can scale power and and uh, frequency a little bit better and when you combine that with the latest GCN architectures, like the R9-285 gave us a glimpse of a little bit better power efficiency, what uh, may come out of this is something you know that will at least come close to what Maxwell provides. But uh, after that, it's, it's going to be 16 nanometer FinFET and 14 nanometer FinFET. But 16, TSMC 16 is going to be here first. Uh, they're doing some risk production right now. Uh, they're going to go full scale, I believe, closer to the end of the first half of uh, next year. And we're not going to see these GPUs until at least fourth quarter of 2015 based on 16 nanometers. So in the meantime, huh. we're going to see a couple other different process technologies used depending on the product. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how things shake out. I'm all about this leaked uh, uh claimed 3072 CUDA core GPU with a uh, estimated range of 6.75 to 8.5 teraflops of performance which Mm -hmm. is about on par with a Titan Z only in a single GPU based on what Scott wrote here so that would be cool yeah all right uh, moving on our last little news bit here before we jump into our best of worst of crap is uh, LG is now I think the second I think the second company to uh, announce a monitor that supports 
AMD FreeSync. This time they have announced the 34, 34UM67, which is an ultra-wide 21x9 display um, that will support AMD FreeSync and that they're going to be showing it off at CES uh, next week, which is, by the way, that's only next week. Is it actually going to support it, or like in a firmware to come? So there was another news thing that happened this week where Iyama, Iyama, Iyama. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's just Iyama. Iyama, and that's a Korean company, I assume. If it was, if it was Josh Tech, it would be Iyama. Okay, all right. <laughs> they had announced uh, a FreeSync supported monitor that was actually for sale in in the UK, right? But it didn't support FreeSync out of the box. You had to send it back to them at some point. To be upgraded to support. Oh, so it wasn't even like user flashable. The the, the description on the sale in it said, we will cover shipping back to us and back to you. Which is like the worst case possible scenario. Yeah, I don't want to have to. I don't want to do that. Monitor back for ten days. No, uh, to be upgraded. Uh, But whatever happens with that, this monitor claims to support FreeSync out of the box. It's not for sale yet. They haven't mentioned when it will be for sale. They haven't even really mentioned any of the other specifications, other than being a thirty-four inch, twenty-one by nine aspect ratio monitor. Um, They didn't even mention the resolution and the fact that they didn't leads me to believe that it's twenty-five sixty by ten eighty rather than thirty-four forty by fourteen forty. Yeah. which is is fine, you know. I mean, it's it's a resolution; it's there. But the thirty four forty by fourteen forties tend to be more popular now, um, or tend to be more exciting. I'm, I'm guessing now, it's going to be. Is it is it like IPS? I guess. Yes, IPS okay. panel. So they're probably going to shoot for sixty frames per second, nothing higher. Uh, unless they, again, unless there's some dramatic change in in the panel tech, then yes, right. I would agree. Um, so, you know, AMD is, they're, they're out there, they're kind of promoting this type of stuff, their partners are out there, mm-hmm. you know. I, still, we have no idea how it's going to work. I <laughs> Still haven't seen it. Still haven't seen it. How many months ago was that we were going to see it next month? several months ago that we oh. would see it next month. Okay. Um, so, and, and, and even more annoying to me is that um, what will happen next week at CES is that I will sit down in front of it for five minutes and then be expected to make some kind of judgment based on that. And if I don't, Hundreds of other people will write about how great FreeSync is, right. having sat down in front of it for five minutes, uh, which is which is not great, right? And because like the problems, you know, the, the few problems we've had with G-Sync took a long time to find. So we need as many eyes in that room. Yeah, as we uh, can. I mean, it's yeah. So you're us. you're basically doing meantime between failure testing. Yeah. Get thirty journalists in there staring at the same screen, <laughs> and then if it fails See, once during that, if one person sees a problem with it, then we can yeah one thirtieth. <laughs> I, so, I intend to find the problem if I, there I, is one. Uh, Ken and I talk about this quite often. I haven't used any of the twenty-one by nine monitors here, and I feel like that is I've seen missing was, from my. There was like a couple of QuakeCon yeah. that we, I was checking out. Yeah, but I, we they need nice. one in here. I need to just buy one of those what, who, Korean ones. Is that thirty four? Do they do thirty four by fourteen? No. What's the other it's one, one that's? See, LG is the only one that does thirty four by fourteen. Okay, right so now, that, I, think. I think that was the one I, thought, I saw. It. I think Philips it's, is a Philips is a. They don't have one yet. The LG is the only one that has a thirty four sure by fourteen. And it's like twelve hundred bucks. Yeah. And it I mean, it is it's not a FreeSync monitor. It is impressive to look at. Just yeah, I, and you can get that one curved. You can get it curved or flat. This yeah. one is flat. I, I feel like I need to do that, but I just I don't want to spend twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> but. That's right. Well, we will have, I'm sure, plenty of monitor discussions to be had at CES. So, now, we're going to get into this weird crap. Uh, hardware picks of the year. This is in no particular order. This is no particular reason for us to do this. We don't give out awards. We're not sending out trophies. Nope. Uh, we're just wanting just to talk lists. about it. 
things like uh, what's the best graphics card 2014, best CPU, best storage, best case, uh, motherboard, uh, price drop, mobile device, best trend, worst trend, things like that. So we thought we'd just throw this out here and, and talk about what happened in the world of hardware in 2014. <laughs> Let's start with GPUs. I like number four. That's Number four, oh, yeah. Should probably so, be in the worst. Graphics but. card in 2014, and we're talking about hardware that was released in 2014, yes. not hardware that became popular in 2014, uh, you know, stuff like that. So there was actually not that many GPUs released this year, as it turned out. Um, we have the GTX 980, the GTX 970. Probably the biggest um, release. The GTX Titan Z. Probably the released. most expensive release. Uh, the Radeon R9 285. <laughs> the Radeon R9 295X2 actually came out early last year, early in 2014. Yeah. And then the GTX 750 Ti. I think there was also like an R7 265. I think we saw that. Ken, right? Um, so of those cards, let me throw this out there. I'll start with uh, you, Josh. Of those cards hey. I named, other than the Titan Z... <laughs> What card do you think, and again, we're using best graphics card 2014, but it doesn't mean best performance. It just means best in terms of what we think about it. What do you think made the biggest impression or was the most important? It's got to be the GTX 970. In terms of price, it didn't break the bank. Uh, Performance was outstanding. It was as fast as a GTX 780 or an R9 290 around that area. But uh, it was very cool running. It didn't pull a whole lot of power. You could overclock it some. Had a nice new feature set to it. Uh, what, MPAA? A couple other little things in there. Um, it's, it's hard to, in my mind, to beat that for really one of the best cards. Price, performance, features, yep. all those things. It just kind of hits. The 750 Ti was similar in that it was incredibly power efficient. By the way, I just noticed that our videos, you're wearing dark colored shirt. I'm wearing dark colored shirt that we have a new dark colored top on it and Talking we all kind of blend yep. in a little bit here. Um, the, the, the 750Ti was of a similar, it came in at a super aggressive price point. Yep. It was incredibly power efficient um, and it created, uh, in my opinion, kind of this like market or, or, or segment defining change, right? Where it was like, hey, it doesn't require a power connection. It runs off 75 watts and yet you get all this performance out of it. That's why we did that story. Like we still have those three systems we bought at Best Buy up on the top of our shelf. It was like, hey, look, you can just buy a $400 machine off the shelf and, yeah. and, and plug in a 750Ti. It doesn't require special power supply. You don't have to change anything. It doesn't require PCI Express connections, nope. you know, power connections. Uh, and it fundamentally change what your system could do. Yeah. You could make it a gaming PC, if you will. Um, I, think that, I think that kind of follows in that. The 980 is a great, great card, but it, it was just, it, pricing-wise, it came out um, more expensive than it should have, I think, uh, in terms of competition with the 290 and 290X. What about the, the R9 285, Josh? Any thoughts on that? You know, it's, it's an interesting product, but it, it didn't quite go far enough. Um, it was nice that they, they enabled the uh, the DMA transfers. It's nice that it has true audio support. Mm-hmm. And it's good that it outperforms the R9 280 and is about 10 to 15 watts less power draw. So you get better performance. Uh, it's it's a less expensive board because it's 256-bit uh, memory bus. But they just didn't seem to do enough to kind of catch up with NVIDIA and Maxwell. 
And no takers on the 295X2. Sebastian, no. what are your thoughts on this? Any any particular direction you like on uh, the GPU side? I'm with you on the the 750Ti. Yeah. Just most people are still using 1080p monitors, or maybe even less. Right. So to be able to buy a card for 100, and they're selling for 130 now. That'll play games at 1080p on medium settings or high settings. No external power required. It's Kind of a no-brainer. I recommend it to anybody who's just trying to upgrade an older system and works on almost anything. Yeah. How much do we take into account, Josh, that the 970, when it came out, was a super aggressive price point, but as it sits now, is not a super aggressive price point? Well, it's kind of what NVIDIA does. They, they put the price out there. They have the products, and we just don't see any kind of erosion of pricing for a long time until they're ready to release something new. I mean, yeah, we saw a couple of dollars on the GTX 780s uh, throughout the time that they were gone. But if we compare it to what AMD does and how aggressive they are with their price cuts, uh, NVIDIA just kind of looks glacial in how they react. But they still have more market share and seemingly are growing it even though their products never go down in price. Yeah. So I guess our, our, our selection here for winner would be before the 750 Ti, the 970. Alan or Ken, you guys have any uh I'm about to buy a 970 myself, so I just want to find a good one that has uh, um, dual display Dual port. display ports out on it? Yeah. I think the 970 introduced some cool new features as well, right? Uh Changing up the config output. Well, I guess the 970 by default did not. The 980 did, yeah. but right. Um, super power efficient at, as well as high performance. I don't know. We have to make a decision here. Hmm. I'm gonna. I, I think I think we go with the 970. Yeah, I think the other. I think the other cards got cheaper because the 970 came out. Oh, they definitely did. It was definitely <laughs> kind of like. What it the drove the market. X did last year, yeah. which is where it forced everything else to adjust around it. Um, and I feel like the 970 did that here. So, all right, let's talk about. Let's see, where's our what's our Josh time limit at? Okay, uh, processors of 2014. It's like an egg timer. <laughs> keep watching it. Uh, uh, we have again not a huge amount of releases this year. We had the 4790K. Yep, processor. We had the Pentium G3258, which is that anniversary edition part. I know Sebastian is a fan of. Um, we have the Haswell E5960X part, like mm-hmm. the, th- the new $1,000 8-core, right? 8-core 16-thread part. Yep. Uh, and then we go down the exact opposite direction. We have the Core M5Y70, Broadwell Y, that's inside the Yoga 3 Pro and uh, a couple of those machines. And then we have the AMD uh, AM1 Athlon 5350, mm-hmm. which was an interesting part. That's what Alan's been testing. Yeah, Alan's been testing that for like a, a storage configuration. I, I, I currently have uh, dozens of terabytes hanging off of that thing. There you go. It's handling them very nicely. Uh, the Kaveri huh. APU that launched in January, uh, and then the Tegra K1 is in here as well. Mm-hmm. You know, one, one that I wouldn't mind adding, mm-hmm. uh, the Athlon X4 860. Is it? Yeah. The Kaveri-based yeah. quad-core that's like 80 bucks. Okay. It has no integrated graphics. It's still a 95-watt. It overclocks just as well as the rest of the Kaveris. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a direct competitor to that uh, Pentium G uh, anniversary. But uh, I think overall it... 
performs pretty darn well for for that eighty bucks. Okay, all right. And, um, and, and the more I think about this, the 5960X is not the processor to have on here if we have a Haswell E. It's the 30 or the 5820. Like, yeah. The, the 5960X really isn't well, a good it's the, part. Well, it's the 8 core. It's, it's like. But, but so is the. Well, it's the 8 core, I guess. But, yeah, the other ones are 6. Or 6 and then 4, right? So. Like, we did testing on the. Yeah. On both of them? Sebastian, what are your thoughts on the 3258? Because you use that I, in some builds. No, yeah, it's it's great. You know, I it was going to be the kind of the default budget gaming build part until games started coming out that were not optimized <laughs> <Don't> and properly <laughs> programmed. Won't, so, won't run uh, with dual core. Yeah. So now the 860K looks really good. That's the one that runs on FM2, and then the, it kind of replaced the 760K. And I used the 760 when I did my budget gaming shootout article. Right. And it was pretty much neck and neck with the. Uh, the 3220. I didn't have the 3258 yet. Gotcha. But any any thoughts on the 4790K? That the it's the Devil's Canyon part. Uh, what was oh I thought was interesting about it is when it launched, it launched at the exact same price as the 4770K. Yep. That's what Intel always does with the, their next processor. Yeah, but they didn't kill the 4770K. Yeah. That's what was yeah. That's just stupid. In fact, yeah. the 4770K consistently sells for more than the 4790K. That doesn't make any damn sense. I bought my 4790K on sale for 289, yeah. and at the same time, the 4770 was 339 on Amazon. <laughs> this was like last month. It's still 330 bucks every time I go to look it up. It's like 319, 329. Uh, yes, people in the chat are saying the 5820K. Yes, we. That, I think that's a good part, but mm-hmm. I think the 5820K is interesting in that. It's, it's that's a that's a six core part. Yeah, with the twenty four lanes. Six core yeah. twenty four lanes, uh, and, but it, how much is it? Like it's like three fifty. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So I mean, that, unless that's you a live good in part. near a micro center, right? That's true. <laughs> you get it for like three hundred. But that processor like requires you to get a more expensive motherboard and then DDR four memory and stuff, which has its advantages, but is also mm-hmm. a cost disadvantage. Um, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I. I, I, I when I when I first when we first wrote this list out, I was leaning towards a forty seven ninety K. But I it's, I, it's I, a very boring processor. It is, except that it's five hundred megahertz faster than the forty seven seventy K. Yeah. Yeah, but you And could, it's it is the best gaming processor hands down. It's not the best for your uh, dollar necessarily, but it's the best well, processor. Like it's I mean maybe you could go with the fifty eight twenty K being better. But it, it's it's a different platform. Like, uh, okay, so it's the best gaming processor. But are you ever going to see a perfect difference in a game between a forty five ninety and a forty seven ninety? I don't think so. Forty six ninety and a forty seven ninety. The the quad core non the i five and the i seven yeah Devil's Canyon. Like you're not. Probably not. Probably not. Probably the same not. architecture, Maybe. same IPC. You're not using all those yeah, threads it, anyway. Games aren't that threaded. If we're talking about gaming, yeah. So you guys really like both of you really like the eighty six eight sixty K? I mean we we used a seven sixty K in a couple of builds last year and it's Did we? a nice processor. Yeah. Josh, it's getting cheaper too. Yeah. This morning I saw it for sixty nine bucks. You can get some really direct. cheap motherboards. Mm-hmm. Because I think yeah, like sixty like sixty five dollars on a board. The only thing I don't like about the X eight sixty K is that you lose the true audio support. Which because the GPU you can kind of take it and leave yeah. it at this point because there's what five or six games that actually I would say support that technology. If you're buying a 860K, you're buying a discrete GPU, right? Yeah, 
Yeah. You have to. So you'd have to yeah, say that's with true. Yes, yeah, you have to. That was. Hmm. <laughs> I, still, it, that cheap. And how cheap are FM two plus motherboards? Even decent ones. Pretty and damn above cheap. decent. Do we want? Are we picking the eight sixty K then? Like this was. It's an interesting pick, but not my. I don't know if it's the greatest, but boy, it's interesting. I mean, if, if that's a runner-up, then we have to pick a winner, right? And I'm looking at these other parts, and unless we put the 5820K on there, I, I, it goes to the 4790K. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think for overall utility and performance, 4790K, for the price, yes, it's more expensive, but boy, you just get everything you need. I mean, considering you can get it on sale, you know, for the last few weeks for under 300 bucks. Yeah, but that was a Christmas sale. That's done. That's not going to, like... It will, it will have... And what's it now? 339 It's yeah, still not... But it's not dramatic. That was a very rare rare sale. Intel processors don't go on sale unless it's through Micro Center. Unless it's through Micro Center. <laughs> Correct. It, it is kind of the default processor if you're building a $1,500 plus gaming computer and you're not going yeah. to X99, just buy a 4790K. All right, I'm going to go... We're going to go with the 4790K. And uh, honorable mention there to the Athlon X4 860K on the $69 processor division there. Yes. Uh, okay, storage. This one should probably be a little bit quicker. We have 850 Pro, 850 Evo. Yep. The Crucial MX100. That was earlier on, but very low cost per gig. That was right. a big deal with that, Still right? Is. Intel P37, PCI Express, solid state. Fire-breathing. Incredibly expensive demon. incredibly fast. Yep. Uh, generic here, six terabyte hard drives. Just the fact that they're out, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the Intel SSD 730 series that also that was early in January, very early in the year. And then um, Silicon Motion SM 2246EN-based SSDs, which would be an examples of what? It's in the Force LX, the Angelbird. Okay. Uh, one of the the ADATA the ADATA 610s, okay. right? It, um, it, it's basically a thank God we're getting rid of Sandforce. Basically, okay. yeah, that's that's kind of its claim to fame. Is that you know, you don't have to. Hopefully, people will shift to that from Sanford. It's actually performed very well, um, especially in sequentials. I remember that. Do when we that was really fast? Do we just go straight into 850 Evo as the winner on this, or do we want to look at the Crucial MX100 because it offers performance at a lower price? Like, or I, I think it's not going to take very long for the 850 Evo to be competing with all of those guys. But it just launched. And we don't have enough time since it launched no, okay. to know for sure. Because it, it was literally like, what, two weeks ago? It yeah, launched? Yeah. Yeah. The SSD of the year is the P3700. You think it, it's the P3700? Yeah, for performance? Like, it's, it's, the, it's the best SSD. Well, it is. Like, it, it, it's yes. the best. But it's super expensive, and I don't have one on my computer. That's true. You're talking like... Two, but you have a Sandforce drive in your computer. You're talking like 250 to $3 a gig. Yeah, but it's... The, like, it's the first time we've seen an SSD do anywhere near what that can do. True. Yeah, and it was the first main one to come out with uh, NVMe support. Yeah. It's yeah. It, it's like the original OCZ SATA SSDs. Like, it's the beginning of something. Yeah. As far as the one that I think is going to have the most impact, I think, is the 850 Evo. Oh, yeah. Um, it's kind of the utilitarian drive. If you want an SSD, yeah, I think it's going to end up. Evo. I think it's going to end up in just so much stuff. Um, yeah. Josh, you were about to speak. No, oh no, fine. Sebastian, no, I, were you about to speak? I was not. Damn. Mm. Um, I don't yeah, know. I mean, I'm. I, I we're we're expecting it now. Of course, this is 
hasn't happened yet, but we're expecting a consumer version of a P3700. Hopefully. Yeah, that'd be next year. That, but that would be next year. <laughs> By default. By default, yes. <laughs> unless unless I get a phone today. call, like right now, from Intel. Um, uh, like, 850 Pro, I think, is fantastic. I think it's too expensive. It is. That's the problem. Evo, part of me is, is actually scared to give it that award because of the issues we have with the 840 Evo. Yeah, right? but mean, those were fixed. and They were fixed. Like, Crucial MX100 is has the issue of decreasing performance at lower capacities. Yes. Right? The P3700 is super fast. It's also kind of a revolutionary technological shift because it's not the first PCIe, but it's the first NVMe. And Correct. it's kind of like pushing that vendetta. It's really pushing forward. It. like that's super fast. Uh, and then the What SS- about the shingled drives? That's not even going to be a consumer thing. Yeah, because it's write once, read. Josh just wanted to mention shingles. Shingles. Here's uh, okay. So for all the people, for all the people that keep repeating that, not Josh, but just generically, for all the people that keep repeating the shingle drive things, shingled hard drives are the CDR of hard drives. Not the CDRW. Well, yes. No, they're they're CDRWs. CDRW. Because you had to go back and erase. Sequentially, oh, you can you can only append, <laughs> and then if you if you want to go back, you have to yeah you know, and I'm I'm sure that they will section them off like maybe a few hundred gig or something will be a sequential shingle or whatever you call it, and then they'll put a break right, so you're not forced to rewrite six terabytes or ten oh, terabytes. Oh, so like the track gap in yeah. LP. Yeah, they'll do some kind of they'll do some kind of you know staggering it, but it's just it's it's not. OSs can't handle that natively. Like you're gonna have to use special software. It's like you anyway, have to use, anyway, you'd have to use like a backup program to. So write anyway, to a we're picking drive. our drives. What do we yeah. pick as the winner? What is the winner and then the runner-up? Winner and the runner-up. Best doesn't always mean fastest. It can mean fastest, but it doesn't always. Mean it fastest. doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't have to mean cheapest either. It does not have to mean cheapest per gig either. You're correct. What is uh, your favorite SSD? Uh, the, the the. Well, my favorite. Simply due to the extremely low latency and the uh, and the new and the new flash memory that's involved uh-huh. is the 850 Evo because it is a very 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 low latency and that is going to let say Samsung releases an NVMe PCIe SSD next year as well. Not holding my breath, right? Their PCIe SSD and that's NVMe if it exists compared with the P3700. I think Samsung's would actually outmaneuver the P3700 because the, Samsung's going to have the advantage of okay. that flash, right? So Evo um, is our winner? Yep, and I'd, ma- and I'd make the runner-up the P3700. Man, Intel's going to be pissed. So well, they gotta, Intel's got to do that 3D so many, flash stuff, man. So many, so many fast SSDs. Do we need yeah. to take a break here? Do we? Do we? Josh? And it, it would, I would like to have a small bite to eat before I went back to work. <laughs> No, no soup for you. We, we can no rearrange soup. our hosts. Okay, okay. so yeah, let's do that. Uh, Josh, is oh, anything... By the way, the 860K is already sold out in Newegg. Apparently <laughs> it was a popular processor. Josh, if you, as you season. look down the list there, is there anything else you want to comment on before we kick you out and see you in <sighs> Anything you want to say something about the, the Crossblade Ranger or... Yeah, that's probably the nicest FM2 board, FM2 Plus board that I've I've tested yet. It just okay. there was not a single issue wrong with it, other than it was about fifty dollars more expensive than the competition. But you did get quite a bit. 
All right. With that $50. All right, uh, Josh, say goodbye to everybody. And Merry Christmas to, and uh, Happy New Year. Yes, indeed. Thanks. We'll see you on Friday or Saturday in crappy, crappy Las Vegas. Crappy. And uh, uh, for everybody watching live, we'll be right back. We're going to switch hosts. And for everybody listening, this will be an instant transition. And all right, we're going to go ahead and dive into our next category here. We're going to go into cases. That's is, this is the specific reason why we brought Sebastian on here because as many cases as we look at, there are. This is the toughest one because it's very subjective. Yep. Um, there's like nine million cases made every year <laughs> or something, I believe. Uh, on the list that we have here, Sebastian put into our list for consideration is the N case M1, the Corsair Carbide Air 240, Fractal Design. Uh, Define R5, the Silverstone Raven RVZ01, and the uh, uh, PHT. What's that stand for again, Sebastian? Perfect Home Theater. That's right. Oh, it's perfect, perfect Home Theater. I don't know how that could best. Ultra low profile Home Theater PC case. Um, i trying to think if there are any other ones, Ken, that you and I uh, went through here. Like the 780, the Corsair 780T. It's a nice case. It's a nice for case. ATX. Yeah. I feel like. Um, are all these RVZ01? Is the Define R5 a full size case? Yeah, it's full ATX. All ATX the other ones compatible. are mini or micro. Um, interestingly, just to. ATX cases are boring now. They, they yeah, are boring. They're they, irrelevant. They do tend to be boring, less innovation in that direction. Uh, what was that yellow boombox looking thing that the we had for the 380T? That was another uh, one. If we just look at this list of five cases. Sebastian, which one, which one stands out the most to you that you enjoyed using? Well, I won't deny that I have feelings for the M1 beyond that of <laughs> ordinary friendship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I had to send it away. so <laughs> It's safer for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. Um, but that case basically... You know, if you were to stack up the components that could fit inside of it on a desk, you and then you know create an enclosure that barely covered it, that's about the size of it. So, pretty much the ideal mini ITX case. I haven't found anything hmm. nearly okay. as good since. Then, then you have like the Raven uh, that you reviewed, Ryan, back at the beginning of the year. Um, kind of the defining like steam box looking enclosure. Correct. And, of course, Steambox is, it's the year that wasn't for Windows no free joke. gaming, so that didn't really take yeah. off. But mm. it seems like everybody kind of uses that design, the, the flatter horizontal design with the 90-degree video card. And yeah. the Define R5 was interesting because it was, it's just kind of such a mature standard, but they did a really good job with cooling and, and efficient use of space. But I would still say the M1 was the best made most interesting case that i saw at least in 2014 ken do you remember did we pick the air 540 last year we did okay that's see because the air 240 is basically the exact same case just shrunk down Mm -hmm. right Uh, i think the air 240 does some interesting stuff and again i don't see every case so when i say some of the things like hey look how cool this thing is there are probably other cases that have done it perhaps um but the fact that uh on the air 240 every panel comes off Right, and you kind of just you start working with the skeleton first, and you can put it all back in. So much easier that way. I assume is that what the N1 did as well, or the M1? Yeah, if you look at the review 
at the beginning of the build, I just have taken every panel off. The top panels, the side panels just popped off. Mm-hmm. And you ended up with, after removing a couple screws, just the, a basic skeleton like you're describing. Yeah. So you, you built it as a skeleton, then you push the panels back onto it to finish the build. Right. Yeah, and the, the Air 240 has the compartmentalization side of it. It's got the like top mount two and a half inch drives, the side mount three and a half inch, or the the back mount actually, I guess three and a half inch drives. Um, you know, you've got room for a fairly long power supply if you wanted to. In that case, mm-hmm. uh, now, but but the Air 240 is like a micro ATX case that's just like a little bit bigger, just to make things a little bit more comfortable in yeah. terms of the building side of it. How how difficult was it to build inside the M1? Did you think is it easy because you got to take all those panels off? It was easy unless you're using an all-in-one cooler because then you had to worry about how on earth do you get the the hoses for the the actual water cooler to go in because when you put the side panel back on that held the all-in-one cooler, then you couldn't see underneath it and you were doing it all from the side. Mm. So that was a pain. That was the only part of it that was, that was rough. Every other part of the build was easy. Now, uh, the perfect home theater case was not perfect as it turns no, out. No, right? there's too many caveats with it. You have, you have to use thin mini ITX. You have to use the, the smallest CPU cooler of all time. And there's only like two in existence that were even shorter enough because it was, you'd think that you could use a Noctua cooler because you can find one that has a 23 millimeter Oh, that one doesn't heat work. Sink. No, because the fan <laughs> is six sends beyond the 23 millimeters. It has to be 23 millimeters total, including fan. So, yeah, that's really pushing it. Yeah, it's, the one that they sent along with it worked really well, Hopefully. but you have no <laughs> flexibility. You have to pay whatever they're charging for it. Gotcha. I, I don't have any issue then uh, allowing the in-case M1 to be our winner. I, yeah, I guess the only problem with it is that you have to wait for those small batch pre-release cycles and then pre-order It's difficult it to get a hold of, essentially. Yeah. Right. For a case you can actually go out and buy, there are a few cases better than, I'd say, the Air 240 as a micro-ATX build. Right. There are a few cases better, if any, than the R5 as an ATX build, but... Okay. You know, there are, it, yeah. Apparently, the Air 240 was on sale for like 30 bucks yesterday on Newegg. Really? Yeah. I don't know if it's still there or not, but it was $30. Wow. That's pretty damn cheap. Pick up two and just like glue them together. Drill holes between them? You yeah, can make, make your own stacker. Make your own stacker. Make your own stacker. <laughs> stacker That's true. You get all kinds of graphics cards in there. Uh, all right, so we're just, let's go with the M1 runner-up Air 240. I think that's a good showing for Corsair. We don't want to we don't want to pick the um, midget brother of the 540 necessarily to win anyway no. for our best cases. And again, this is that is the category that is probably the most subjective. Uh, maybe followed by this next category, which we really should have had Mori on for this, but we're just going to by proxy, I guess, offer give us his opinion through hip chat here. That's best motherboard of 2014 which is even more difficult because there's there 8000 so of those so many so many motherboards rampage to extreme <laughs> yes rampage to extreme all right done winner okay that makes this a lot easier um you've got amd and you've got intel and then you've got uh like even if you look at just the z97 chipset how many motherboards did asus launch i know or, right uh gigabyte that launch that z97 stuff was like it was like a dozen motherboards from yeah. every manufacturer and then plus we had x99 launch yeah. Right. And so, and you can you can go with you can go with everything from thin mini ITX to mini ITX to micro ATX to full size ATX to EATX. It's like they almost need to make the modular at this point. Not just the fact that you put in different cards, but like they need to make like that, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, Josh had in here, uh, this is kind of a, of a shortened list for now. Uh, Josh had in here the Crossblade Ranger. He thought that needed to be mentioned as he before he got cut off. Which one is the one I'm testing, place. Ken? Which one? Oh, Which one? that AM1 board? Oh, that was AM1. Okay, yeah, sorry. that's a mini ITX board, isn't it? Yeah. 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 The AMD AM1. It's the Gigabyte one, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Crossblade Ranger is like an FM2 board. He said it's the best FM2 board ever built. Okay. That's, that's a pretty ringing endorsement. Yeah. Um, I have had uh, uh, the Asus Z97 Deluxe. Which is Asus? That's the one with the white accents. Yeah, yeah, that's a beautiful board. Yeah. No, it does. No, you're thinking of the X99. But the Z97 has white accents too. I think. Yeah, it's got the little white. No, it's oh. got it's got the black and gold. All oh, right, sorry. Well, oh. I thought. Well, I thought it was down there. Anyway, no. it's it it is the it is the motherboard that has everything on it. It comes yeah. with the NFC device. It comes with the uh, wireless charging device it has 80211 ac it's got m.2 support it bluetooth? came with a thunderbolt card oh yeah it definitely has bluetooth i don't Just even know given. but it definitely does uh it came, comes with a thunderbolt ex2 card um it oh, basically yeah, offered I remember that yeah everything you could want in a motherboard it was fairly expensive right 399 thunderbolt's kind of petering out but it did have it yeah. it is but it's there especially at <laughs> warfare gain steam again yep um maury really liked the uh z97x gaming g1 black edition is that right? And then mm-hmm. let me go back here to my thing uh, uh, from more that he sent me. The X99 Deluxe. X99 Deluxe. Which is the one with the white accent. Which is the one and with the, the white accent. the vertical okay. M.2 slot. Ah, okay. Vertical and, M.2 yeah. mounting. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, the yeah. like 50 set of Because it had to do that. It had to do the vertical M.2 mounting because it's an X99 it. board with eight <laughs> dim slots yeah. and all the PCI Express. And okay, that makes sense. Um and then uh, Maurice points out that the Maximus 7 formula is the best gaming board. The best gaming board that he's, he's used this year. And That's okay. an X79, wouldn't it be? X- Maximus 7. Oh, no, Maximus, 79. sorry. That's Z97. That's Z97, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which, oh, I think for, for as yeah. many motherboards as he mentions or uses or goes through. That's a pretty ringing year, endorsement. It's a pretty good endorsement. Uh, that the Maximus 7 form would be the best gaming board with the Gigabyte Z97X Gaming G1 Black Edition a close second. Uh, and then we asked specifically on the X99 front, he does say that the X99 Deluxe is uh, probably the best board. And he wants to know if we think he's to- totally biased. And well, maybe. Yeah. The Maximus 7 formula, for example, has that uh, cross chill with mm-hmm. copper thing oh, and water yeah, the slash hybrid. the hybrid cooling stuff. Yeah, but it has the armor on it, kind of like the um, saber tooth. The, the tough board. The armor is cool, but who cares about heating your your power management phases on a Z97 board? You don't. Need it's to not do it. necessary, but it's there. It's passive cooling work. Gonna have it. M. But it is. But it is passive otherwise, right? Yeah. So, M.2 PCIe supports that. Express ports. Um, let me see. Where is? Let me bring up that uh, Maximus Seven. Uh, let's see if that shows up, because. I, that was kind of that's kind of like in the ROG line, the kind of m- middle tier, right? It's not the mm-hmm. extreme, right? Because this is the f- the. Yeah, uh, I guess it is a formula. Impact, right? Is that the one? No formula. Oh, the formula, formula. Here it is. Yeah. So if you, uh, it's pretty cool this. looking I mean, motherboard. That's a kick-ass looking motherboard. Mm-hmm. All that, everything else, equal. Right, that's that's a killer looking board, and tons of tons of features there. Plus, it does have that MPCIe combo card up there. You get you can see the cross chill copper. If you decide to water cool, MMOK button. Hey, it's got a MMOK button. Hey, okay. 
Um, but again, this is this is fairly expensive. MSRP of three hundred sixty nine dollars, right? Whereas we talked about earlier when we were doing our micro ATX build that I used the Z ninety seven MX Gaming Five. Mm-hmm. It was 127 with just about all the same features. With a lot of the same features, yeah. <laughs> yeah. M.2. It had it had op amp yep. on it. Um, what was the board we just talked about? Oh, the board the Mori just reviewed had op amp on it as well. That X99, but it was expensive. It was three something as well. But that was an X99 board. Yeah, it's this is such an impossible like. I know. To me, even more so than cases. Oh yeah, it's kind of like I don't know. If you want a cheap motherboard, <laughs> don't buy this one, right? Um, because I've, I do kind of feel like that after having used that MX board, it does have so much stuff on it. Yeah, the, the it, it separates left and right audio channels. They're on different layers of the PCB. Smart, right? Um, and then it has that op amp capability in there. It has 802.11ac. Mm-hmm. It has a gigabit uh, Ethernet, right? Um, Two nick. We know one nick. I think that one's only one. Yeah. Uh, I can see it from here. No, it's one. Yeah, it's just yeah. one. Lots of USB three. Lots of charging ports. Um, is that VGA output? Sure, why not? Probably. Sure, why not? Two PS two ports. Well, I, I hope it is an RS two thirty two. Let's put it that way. Well, yeah, serial ports. They're the best. I, I don't. I don't know. I. I, I feel like uh, making a decision here without Mori on the on the, on the line is going to be disingenuous. I'm going to uh, announce. I'm just going to say the Z97 Maximus 7 formula is going to be our winner here. I don't give a runner-up to the crossblade. You think the crossblade? Yeah. AMD boards don't get the uh, the attention they deserve. Joss is really impressed with that board. Jo- yeah, he, he, do, he, he does talk about that boards. crap all of the time. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to go with that. Um, and uh, if Mori comes back and says, you guys are idiots, you need to pick this. Because the we'll, CMOS we'll battery. Change our mind. We'll do I that too. The CMOS battery. All right, now we're going to get into kind of our more um, general general topics. I'm going to go. I'm going to take the mobile one out of there. Uh, Ken, let's just talk about price drops. What price dropped the most? Not necessarily the most, but is the most interesting or most important? Uh, the ones we have here, kind of on our list, are good displays, like IPS panels. Yeah, they have gotten pretty cheap. Um, uh, Especially which, the Korean ones and stuff. Like yeah. The, yeah. yeah. Uh, we've got that. We've got the AMD R9 290 and 290X. Hmm. Right? Those price drops after the, two ni- after the 970 <laughs> Because of release. the 970. Yeah. Uh, the Type-Z <laughs> is in here. Lulz. Well, that it's, price dropped because it was way the, hell, like, way the hell too high to begin with. You can get so, those way cheaper now. Yeah. Than, uh, or bundled with something even better. We have SSDs on here, but we don't have a specific example of it. Just in general. And Ken, you never actually went to... Uh, but the thing is, mm. so we saw them dipping into like 30 and high 20 cents per gig, depending on the sale this mm-hmm. year. But is but, that really that much better than 40 cents a gig? Like, right. Agreed. It's like twice as good. Well... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, duh, guys. What the hell's wrong with you? I guess. So I'm going to... It uh, won't show me that long. Oh, here we go. But the thing One is, like, year. hard drives have also dropped in, you know, per terabyte so, cost. Here, here's where we're at now. This is an 840 Evo, 250 gig. Yep. All right. December 31st last year, it was between 160 and 170. Now it's 119. Yep. Okay, it did so that, hit 99. That, it did hit 99 at one point as well. That's, that's a significant price drop. It is. Yeah, 50 bucks. But... 
it doesn't it doesn't seem like nearly as much as it did last year when we looked at this type yeah, of thing. Yeah, I guess. Right? That's that's pretty extreme right there. Right. So here last year it went from 340 and it hit as low as 189. Which one is that? This is the 500 gig of the 840 okay. Evo. I need I needed to pick one that oh, was look, around for the whole yeah. year. Right, right, right. Right. Yeah, that really has come down. I mean, like terabyte SSDs have gotten dirt cheap. Three forty to see if I let me find the. We finally started seeing price drops on the high end of capacities. What I like that has happened just as a trend generally is the fact that not only do SSDs tend to do that now, where like the premium capacity is not a premium price, Mm -hmm. right? It's just like the same cost per gig, or maybe just very slightly higher. Whereas it used to be like there was just this this wall you hit like going right. to the highest capacity like you would never buy the highest capacity of any line right yeah it's not that much of a big deal anymore even for hard drives too though that's See, the same kind of thing i kind of look at this and so here's one terabyte 840 evo it was in the 585 90 range and yeah now but it's, sold for 350 this year sold for 350 yeah. at one point this year uh what what kind of aggravates me is that you see this kind of steady decline here and they all kind of it kind of levels out yeah. a little bit here in the second half of the year. And I think maybe that's what's catching me from like because that's the most recent memories I have of the <laughs> SSD right. prices. But they did they came down early. They came down early in the year and they kind of, you know, this this is Black Friday, this is yeah. you know, November 28th pricing. Am I getting my months screwed up when the hard drive fiasco that was the last year yeah, yeah, that been, yeah okay that so that's before. not really yeah. is there another ssd that you can think of that would have been around mx100 has been around for a while when it, no it launched oh, like six months like maybe. what about mx500 or 550 maybe or M- something? m550 m550 i think that was around for the whole year let's go to the one terabyte start with the big guy and just kind of get an yeah. idea here of of uh, well we've also seen some of the most expensive ssds so it came out in year. march at 520 <laughs> something and now it's 430 something so it hasn't really fallen. I mean, it has. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's, it it's kind of the same trend, though. Yeah, you know, it's just sharp down here, as far. flat here. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that trend is thrown off a little bit by the scale because the when it went on sale, it really went on sale. Like, correct. The low price correct. of that yeah. is it throws the rest of the correct. Slope off. So I, I so. I guess you're right. I mean, as far as SSDs and price drops, I, mean, it I don't know. I don't seems, know. It seems somewhat muted. Yeah. And, and we uh, can put gasoline on here, but I don't think that's a PC component. Uh, I mean, you can burn your know, PC. No, but it gets your PC components to you. It has dropped. That's true. It has I dropped bought a gas lot. for $1.84. Aren't you glad you bought that Volt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys are welcome. The reason the prices are cheap is because Ryan bought the Volt. So I, I think the winner of this has to be the 290, 290X. Yeah. You, you can buy a 290 for under 300 bucks now. Yeah. 290X. I bet yes, you can get a 290X, 290X for 299. Can you? Sometimes, yeah. Hmm. Right now on Amazon. Oh yeah, no kidding. Uh, you can buy R9 290X wind. And considering that that 290X is in many cases as fast as a 980. Yeah. Right. Which sells for what? 499. 980s. Yeah. That's very low for a 980. Is it? Five, Generally, five they're, like, yeah, they're like, yeah, they're like. I was, I'm just looking at them now because I'm thinking of buying some. I mean, the, the 290x and 290 price drops, I think, have to win this. They're very dramatic, um, yeah. and they, you know, cost everything else to shift with it. As as for secondary, like, I don't. Obviously, the 295x too. Come on, <laughs> is, is that not on here? I thought I told you to put that on here. Ken. It's and it's definitely. It's it's only seven hundred dollars now. 
Is it really? And widely available yeah. too, right? Seven hundred fifty. Yes, very. It's Which in one stock is, is that a Titan Z? in many places. Yeah, but you can buy two two ninety Xs. So I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. So it's seven. <laughs> so it's seven hundred dollars. And it includes its own water cooling unit. Come on, that's at least another seventy dollars value right there. It's it, at least it launched at fifteen hundred, right? Yeah, it launched at fifteen hundred this year. It yes. launched this year at fifteen hundred dollars, and now you can buy it for seven hundred and fifty. Yeah, but the the two ninety X was five hundred fifty dollars at the beginning of this year, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, probably. So and then spike during the like, like, you know the coin. Oh, oh, yeah. Remember all that? That was great. That was on Actually, our worst trend of last that year. That makes the 290X a way better price drop. Look it up on Camel, Camel, Camel. Because uh, yes. I bet they're going I'm for... Looking up the X2 they were right over now. 700 at one point. Yeah, and they've dropped to... One. Well, that's already the winner. We've already decided that that's the winner. Oh, damn. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> we don't need any more. No more backup. Spend yeah, the next no half more. hour talking about why it's <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, here's your 295X2 price drops from 1550 uh, and then all of a sudden, on this one day in September, it went to a thousand, and then now it's seven. You can, apparently, it sold for as low as six seventy nine for a significant portion of time, almost three quarters of a month. Wow! Yeah, it's all around six seventy nine. Like Black Friday, Cyber yeah. Monday, it was going for like six fifty. And that was with like three free games, and they're never settle bundles, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's significant. Uh, but I wouldn't be opposed to it being a different thing. But if it's not SSDs and we don't really have Josh here to tell us all about the displays that change prices, then what? And it's not the Titan Z. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Uh, significant price drop still. But uh, it might be a bigger percentage than the uh, uh, 295. Percentage it probably yeah, is. Can you still, still buy them? I what? couldn't find Titan any Z? stock actually. Yeah, see here's three thousand, and then <laughs> boom. <laughs> oh come on, it has to win just because of that chart. And then boom, I don't know what happened up here. They must have gone out of stock. That's called binary. And now it's down to twenty two hundred. It's a square ra- square. Yes, way. square wave chart. <laughs> it's too expensive. Oh, it's a little less too expensive. Look, here we go. This is better. This oh is come on, that has to win. That's thirty two hundred fifteen ninety nine. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Okay, maybe not the best value, but yeah, that's it's a, a big price, price drop. drop. I'll give you that. What if you Actually, bought it October seventeenth? <laughs> look up the Asus PQ three two one Q. Uh, PQ three two one Q. Yeah, yeah. Let's see the four K monitor here. You imagine if you bought that? <laughs> that's actually pretty dramatic. Dramatic. <laughs> That's pretty dramatic. It's even too. more. This is the uh, the MST. two yeah the MST multi stream 4K monitor like the first one that we really got in oh yeah thirty five hundred dollars down to fourteen sixty still up today. a terrible price you probably shouldn't yeah, buy it but still, I would still wouldn't buy it but it's it is an IPS 4K panel yeah or uh, so yeah not really IPS but, but you can buy twenty eight inch IPS A series of twenty eight inch IPS now for like seven hundred bucks yeah yep. so Quite professional. So what do we make our what do we make our our, our runner up here? Is it the two ninety five X two? I guess. Yeah. We're just gonna I leave mean, it. There's no runner up. I don't want to do it, but by math, the Titan Z should yeah. sort of take it. But put it. It's gonna be a good value. price drop. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. It's gotta be a good price drop, like a price drop okay. that we're we're happy about. I mean, well, then make it SSDs. Like the price that it yeah. should have been when SSDs it launched. SSDs for sure. Then. Yeah, make the runner up SSDs. You then. make the runner up SSDs because they have okay. come down All right. All right. over that year. Doesn't seem like it so much the last couple months, but All right. yeah, they are again. 
Ken, do we need to take a break here? The same price as a 120 last yeah, year. Just keep going. Just keep going. Okay. All right. Let's. Uh, we're going to jump into. Let's kind of round up things here. Um, best trend, worst trend, and these are very generic things that we're talking about. We've got items in here like best trend of 2014. Uh, is it variable refresh rate monitors and tear-free gaming? Is it smartwatches? Is it PCI Express and NVMe storage? Uh, gigabit internet that we have, and most of you probably don't. Is it uh, custom water cooling kind of coming back into <sighs> its own? I just of. spent two days on water cooling. <laughs> See, isn't it amazing? <laughs> uh, what about 21 by 19 monitors? 21 by 19. Oh, God. Well, I mean. I think that's too new no, to be a trend. You said 19, not 9. The 21, oh, I'm sorry. 21 by 9. 21 yeah. by 19. Square monitors. Close to 4 by 3. Yeah. So what, what, which of these trends? I wouldn't call the monitor thing a trend, the 21 by 9. What? No. Like it's just started. Like there's one. No. 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 no, no, no. We went to QuakeCon. We went well, to there, Yeah. There was there was there. there was like two displays. There are more twenty one by nine monitors now. than there are G Sync displays. Like yeah, probably double or triple. Okay, I'll give it that. And people are eating them up. Like, if you look yeah. like them, if you look at like, like pictures of people's them. desk setups, like they're they're buying them instead of twenty five sixty by fourteen forty monitors. Yeah. I don't really know why, but yeah. I really like variable refresh rate. We'll say that, having now used it myself. Yeah, but I mean, it could be a yeah, trend for problem, next year. I've never year. actually seen it in real life, so it's something that I love, but I can't argue that it's brilliant because I haven't seen it. Yeah. Right? But you also haven't seen gigabit internet. Uh, yeah, I have it work. It's just Oh, split. there you go. Oh, well, all right. Smart watches, like, eh, we can probably take that off this list. It's not kind of what we're trying to get to here. I don't think gigabit internet is widespread enough to be a trend yet. We just, no, that was only added as a subtle dig to everyone who doesn't have it. <laughs> oh, right. It's true. That's yeah. why I can't add it. It's like, just, let's just say yep. that so we can bring Very it up so we have it. Mm. You know, like, you got custom water cooling coming back to its own. You've got the Ares 3 kind of using water, you know, custom <coughs> really, water cooling of its really, own. You mean, like, enclosed water cooling, right? Yeah, 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 it's like, like, I'm talking about custom water cooling, yeah. not self-contained stuff. Oh, you mean the kind where you actually break into the system? Yeah, where you build your own stuff. God, I'm so tired. I feel of like doing that, that is 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 coming back <sighs> more so as people realize that the the regularity of uh, like the performance benefits of the self-contained all-in-one stuff has hit a wall. True. Right. Yeah. True. I will just Plus, say it. It's it a adds, new generation of builders who haven't been so frustrated by doing it before. Yes. But they're willing to try it as a new thing. Still never done it. Those dumb, like, dumb like, sons of... Like right now, I'm at the point where I'm kind of just toying around with stuff in my system. Mm-hmm. Right? Like trying a pair of 680s in SLI before I go and figure out if I want to do SLI with you know 970s, 980s, whatever. Like that kind of thing. I wouldn't be able to just toy around like that if I was doing water cooling. Because every change would have This is every plumbing. argument I made to you... Like the last four years, well, right. when you were like the big water cooling proponent. But now I will say this though: <laughs> the system that I built, the main loop of that system, apart from updating the GPU like once, mm-hmm. it went for like six or seven years. Like, right. Well, it, that's like a long time yeah. before I broke into it. Right. Yep. And I did get a hell of an overclock right off the bat with sure. it to the point where it kind of sustained me for a very long time. I was like, oh, I don't really need to update the CPU because I'm already overclocked to like right. the equivalent of it. Right. So, yeah, how long did is, you use Windows XP again, Alan? Uh, XP sixty four. <laughs> uh, well into Windows seven. Why do we listen right. to Alan for advice at yeah, all? I don't know. Sorry. So okay. I'm still running my kitchen off of XP sixty four. XP sixty four. Run your kitchen off of it. Well, there's a computer out there. Nice. 
so <laughs> is NVMe, PCIe NVMe storage, is that... I don't think it's is, a trend is yet. Is there enough There's not enough cases of it to be a trend? I don't no. know if any of these are actually trends. There's not enough are. to be a trend. <laughs> it's, a, it is. it's a trend if you use an Apple notebook. Yeah. Those aren't using NVMe. But they're PCIe. PCIe. They're using PCIe, yes. Yeah, it's their own. PCIe I don't know slash. if it's technically NVMe, but it's, no. they have that, that new Samsung controller in a lot of the MacBook Airs now. It, That's true. And AHCI. It's, it's kind of a... I don't know if it's AHCI. I think it's kind I, of a lower latency hmm. command set. It's a proprietary thing, I think, for that one. Mm. I think. I I wanted to say that one's actually NVMe, well, but they use two different controllers. Yeah, I have the uh, Marvel one in there. Because I, I yeah. think yeah. Micron's PCIe stuff, they actually do have PCIe stuff, believe it or not. Like the Micron stuff. That's true. Actually, now that you, um, now that you mentioned like, all the laptops that are using PCIe storage. That's true. PCIe, yes. A, a, Maybe not PCIe. NVMe. M.2 I mean, PCIe yeah. being on motherboards. Correct. Uh, like Ooh. every motherboard now. We saw like the G-Skill yeah. Phoenix Blade and the Mushkin Scorpion. But the thing is, there's there's like not a lot of like you don't see a lot of people just buying an M.2 SSD like they have like the volume hasn't no hasn't so much ramped up. Correct. You'll sooner see a person right now if a person's building a desktop PC, they're probably going to put in a two and a half inch SSD. Right. Like even now, right? Even though it's on all the motherboards I, now. I, I think I think PCIe NVMe storage should be maybe runner up in this yeah. because of its. Even if it's not a, its dominance in, uh, like it's it's not that big of a deal like yet. Throughput, like actual sell through, but sell into is that yeah. the difference I'm looking at? Like yeah. every motherboard has it now. Almost all laptops will use it. Right, right. You know, Apple is using it in everything. Yep. Um, it's like when gigabit Ethernet first came on the motherboards, and nobody had a switch for it. Right. And stuff like that. Right. It was it was being built into it. Right. That's what do you, what what do you guys think about twenty one by nine monitors as the winner? I, I think so. Even though, yeah. and, okay. and see, and the thing is, is I, I've never used one. I've seen them, and I've sat in front of them, but I have not used one as my primary display. You don't think a like G Sync slash variable refresh rate is a trend? That's no, pretty huge. I, I man. think it'll be a trend next year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see your I'll when see we your see FreeSync. Yeah, theoretically. Yeah, because I, I, yeah. I think I think if you look at sell through rates of twenty one by nine monitors versus G Sync monitors or VRR monitors in general, right? It's going to be heavily in favor of twenty one by nine because I, I I do believe that the VRR is more important than twenty one by nine. I'd like to see both at the same time. Well, this LG monitor that is announced today yeah. will have that, or yesterday will have that twenty five sixty by ten eighty, but it will be it will be it probably will be sixty hertz and and. You know that, yeah. right? And there's going to be trade-offs for a while, I think, in, in regards to that. Um, but I think I think I'm going to have to just order one of those if I don't bring one home <laughs> from CES, just to in your suitcase. You're going to put one in. Well, what he, I mean he's going to get the curved one and just smush it in there. Yeah, yeah, if I just fold, if it's curved, you can fold it. He'll just slide it into his jacket or something. I believe that's correct. Around if, his if belly. If it's curved, you can fold it. That, yes, that is correct. Okay. Right, Sebastian. Yes. Yep, that's the All right. authority. Our, right our last one—I don't even know what we're gonna like. Worst trend or worst thing in computer hardware that you know what in really grinds my gears? Yeah, uh, we also had smart watches in this one. <laughs> um, locked GPU voltages. Well, we had a discussion the other day, and that might not be that big of a deal, right? But you should still be able to tweak it. Like basically, you don't get that much more of an overclock yeah, out maybe. of cranking the voltage higher than the rated possibly you know? we have ddr4 yeah. on this list because it hasn't really 
like come down in price a whole bunch. Yeah. It doesn't offer a whole lot of performance improvement. Right. And if any. it's you require four dims. Didn't a lot of people say use. that about DDR3 when that initially, yeah. This yeah. will all change. Right. Uh, we had the 840 Evo performance issue. That was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. It took them a month to fix it, too, and then the fix was kind of... Uh, yeah. Yeah. We have G-Sync monitor prices... Way too high. ...on here that are that are way too high. Right now, they're way too high still. Yeah. Yeah. And we're months into release. Yeah. Right. Uh, we have... I guess Ken put curved displays because he's a hater. Well, uh, I mean... I don't know. Mm. I don't have a problem with curved displays, but it's such an immersive experience. Ken. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. It's I like would you're say really there. It surrounds uh, you. <laughs> I mean, I think I think I would be much more likely to use a curved desktop monitor display than a curved HD TV. That's what we decided earlier. Because a, yeah. a monitor is fundamentally fundamentally meant for one user. Yeah, and a TV is not. Yeah, you can't sit off to the edge of a curved. Right. Like it makes it worse, right? You like you see less of the. Side of the GPU mining it. bitcoins is on here. Was that this year? Kind of ended the beginning drove, of this year. Yeah. It drove the prices yeah. up during this yep. year. Yeah, this year we suffered for. But it. last yeah. year that was our worst trend. Yeah, it was GPU yep. price hikes, GPU shortages due oh. to mining. Okay. I don't think like I think that's a trend for the first half of this year, but not. maybe less than that. You guys have anything else to add? Maybe suggestions for worst thing in computer hardware this year? Hmm. Mm. Jeremy's praying on it. Does it have to be a popular and bad thing? Uh, I mean, it well, should be something that affected popular, a lot of people. Bad. <laughs> you can't nitpick your one particular thing. No, I was thinking like the M600 from Crucial, but wow. not that's not a trend. Like so few people bought that thing that they even like, yeah. you didn't even notice. So oh yeah, I forgot about that SSD. That's pretty bad. Piece of crap of the year. Hmm. Um, I think it should be 840 Evo performance issues. That was pretty bad, and yeah. it, and I don't I I can't confirm this obviously, but I'm pretty sure that delayed the 850 Evo. Like I think the 850 Evo would have been like smash hit holiday Christmas shopping, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. because of the 840 Evo issues, you know, and, and that was specifically related to the 3D NAND or no? No, the 840 was not 3D. Oh, it was just okay. V-NAND. 2D, 2D. It was just TLC. It, it was just TLC with SLC uh, cache on it, but it's just that the way that they were initializing their TLC flash, something about it was causing it to have to do like a get caught in an error correction loop when reading it after the voltages had drifted slightly. So basically, the controller just wouldn't automatically pick up on the fact that, hey, all this flash I'm reading hmm. seems to have drifted a little and just kind of correct those thresholds on the fly. Like it, it was not doing that. So it would have to kind of, you know, Every time it hit a new block, it would have to re-figure out what it was trying to do for its read. So, and then in result, much slower. Is reads. the runner-up G-Sync monitors pricing? Yeah, I, I hate, should, I hate yeah. to put it on a on a worst thing list because the, I love the technology of G-Sync, but and I, I love the technology in the Titan Z, but it's too damn expensive. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, even you just <laughs> bought one and returned. I did. I bought a I bought a PG two seven AQ. Because it's like, ooh, it's all, they're available. They're available, yeah. And then I was like, oh, it was eight hundred bucks. It was eight hundred eight dollars. And we were thankful that it was eight hundred bucks. <laughs> wow! <laughs> because it was twelve hundred everywhere else. So people were gouging, yeah. you know, and it's still going on now. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Okay. Is it a trend? Those uh, interesting people on the internet who seem to think they're talking about uh, game journalism. Yeah, that was a horrible oh. trend for this year. That was a bad. That was a bad yeah. thing for this year. Gaming, gamer gate. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. Anything else in this year stand out to you guys? No? No. No. It's almost yeah. over. It's over in uh, the year we in- finally embraced six inch phones. <laughs> finally. <laughs> the girl. Thank you, Apple. Them that way. <laughs> hey, the Apple's only five and a half. Oh, oh. They're true. exaggerating Falling slightly short. when they say it's a six plus. Following short. <laughs> Doesn't everyone? Uh, I heard yeah, I heard this display yes. is like the same exact panel that's in your one plus one. Is it? Yeah. Eh, wouldn't surprise me. That's why they is had it to do P panel? Yeah. Yeah. That's why they had to do uh like their little limited availability, whatever their invite only thing on the one plus one. Apple was buying all because the Apple inventory. bought up all these displays <laughs> that, that they wanted sense. to use. Yeah. I guess that is going to round it out uh for twenty fourteen. Don't worry if you're listening to us. You won't have to wait long for more podcasts. Um, we will be at CES. Um, me and Ken and Alan leave on Friday night. Josh leaves Saturday morning. Uh, and, I mean, it, we get up and running. Like, we have a meeting 9 a.m. on Sunday. Uh, we actually yeah. have a meeting on Saturday. We're going to see Lenovo Suite, as we always do. Yep. Is our first stop at CES. That's one of the big stops. That's, they have a lot of stuff. Yeah, they're a huge company. They have a ton it's of stuff. It's good to get that out of the way first thing because it's like <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of things there. Tim has a lot of news to to write up. <laughs> I think I take more pictures on. at that than any other thing. Yeah. like usually. So I don't really know what to expect for CES. We don't have any super predictions in 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 there. Like I can it's tell probably you, probably FreeSync. We'll see. Well, yeah, we'll see a we lot better. of FreeSync monitors. Um, Hopefully, we'll see it actually working. What, what I think is important. <laughs> For AMD to show at CES for FreeSync is not just a room full of monitors that support it. That would they, be nice. They need to show pricing. They need to show availability timeframes. They need yeah. to not be coy about when it's going to be there. Because as we've already determined and as we bring up every time we talk about FreeSync, they were out here in, what, September? Yeah, Huddy was here in and September. And said, we'll have you a prototype by next month. Yeah. Right? And Sure as hell ain't next month. That anymore. was not September. That was like... It was earlier than that, I think. That was like May. Was it really was it that early? Because my car oh, was gorgeous, and I bought a new one in June, so it's like June. <laughs> okay, that's way worse. Uh, so they need to they need to not just what I'm saying is they don't want to I don't want to see like six vendors with monitors that they say oh, they'll be available sometime in 2015. They need right. to have very specific want a date. things in mind. Yeah, they need to have very specific details in mind. I, in terms of other hardware, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of um, like you're not going to see new graphics cards. Nope. Uh, you're not going to see new motherboards. We might see some uh, dis- some displays, like monitors, desktop yep. monitors. I think we'll see some storage stuff. Well, what I mean by uh, desktop monitors, like, uh, what was that, Ken, with the um, quantum dot backlighting or oh, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so m- basically more accurate or wider color gamut. Very cool. Like wider than the current 99%. You know, because ninety nine percent is so high, wider than one hundred percent. thing. you have to realize that they like claim they claim one hundred and ten, one hundred and ten percent. So here is the thing: it's like one hundred ten percent of the what used to be or what currently is the standard. Like when you think of when you think of that that Uh, diagram with the triangle in the middle of it, right? You can actually go outside of that triangle, so that's how you get one hundred and ten percent. That's crazy. Basically, you're just going deeper into the reds, deeper into the blues, like more of a true red or a blue. Huh. You know, or a brighter. A lot of that stuff's beyond me, so you'll have to <laughs> learn all about it and and, and, and learn me on it. Um, I'll tell us all about it as it shows up. But there's that. I, you know, I think we'll see some storage stuff. I think we'll see some vendors talk more about their NVMe solutions. Yeah, I'm hoping that more of that catches on with mm-hmm. M.2 specifically. Like, I want to see a lot of M.2 SSDs that are employing yeah. NVMe controllers. Not- I just think for like for most component specific stuff, mm-hmm. you're not going to see. 
much new this year. Not at maybe I'll be CES. wrong. Maybe I'll be wrong. You know, I mean, I, I mean, during meetings with everybody during so we'll this see. coming year, during next year, I'm expecting everybody else to announce some form of 3D NAND, 3D NAND. tech or some something other than planar. Right. I'm always surprised by stuff. We'll probably see, uh, like, we're going to get hands-on with that MSI gaming notebook with the mechanical keyboard. Oh, yes. That'll be there. That's our 9 o'clock meeting on Sunday. Yes. <laughs> uh, that'll wake you up. Uh, you know, and like I said, we've got meetings with everybody, MSI, Gigabyte, and Asus, and yeah. Corsair, and, and Cooler Master, and all these guys. We've got meetings with all of them, so if they have new and interesting stuff, we'll be sure to see it. I'm sure you'll see cases. I'm sure you'll see cooling stuff. Um, but like in terms of major CPU or GPU stuff, I think that's all going to be fairly minimized. Yeah. You'll probably see some mobile stuff from Intel in that regards, you know, laptops, tablets, things things of that nature. I yep. think uh, we'll, we'll be out there. So uh, make sure you uh, check back, PCPro.com. Uh, like I said, we'll be out there from Friday night. We'll probably start writing from Saturday evening and on. Uh, PCPro.com slash CES will be the place where you can see all of our CES news kind of out there. Or if you just go to the homepage, it will all be there. And again, uh, if you want to know about when we're actually going to record the podcast live, um, sign up at PCPro.com slash subscribe. Go to that little form, give us your name and email address, and we'll send you an email before we go live with our podcast, which we'll probably do at least three, three live shows from there. At some point late in the night, Pacific time. And they will all be two hours just like this one. There will all be at least two hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It depends on how late it is, how delirious we tend to get because I don't, I don't know. If, if you haven't watched any of the previous ones, you can watch previous years and see how all that went too. So uh, we will uh, talk to you guys then. For now, thanks for uh, a fantastic 2014. We appreciate everybody who watches the shows and Go to the websites and watch the live streams that we do. And clicks on our us. Amazon affiliate links. <laughs> clicks on the Amazon affiliate links. <laughs> and actually buy stuff from it, too. Clicking them just doesn't... That does help more than you stuff. might think. Um, and it, it, it's been great, and you allow us to continue to do this, uh, which, is, which is fantastic. So um, we will uh, see you guys next year. I'm Ryan Shrout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Alan Malventano. I'm Joshua. I'm Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> Josh. Josh apologizes for missing the end of the show. Uh, no, we wanted doesn't. to eat lunch or some crap. So, no. bye, guys.